106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. We're getting a lot done. And I promise you, I said Dr. Fettuccini was going to, Dr. Dan, Bob, Bob, pardon me, Dr. Dan Fauci, Dr. Anthony Scalia, he's going to get 100 million vaccinations in arms. No joke. No joke. And we did that. And I'm serious. And that's what we've done. And I'm proud of the work we've done. I'm proud. My father, my mother from Scranton, they always told me, they said, if there's a bird on a fence and you got a rock, you kill two of the birds. Excuse me. You, b -b -b you kill the, you, you, there's two stones. Oh, my apologies. I was wearing my mask because I just got back from a full day of being a good person. I love my mask because it's a simple yet effective way to display my righteousness. Am I concerned that two children in China dropped dead because they were forced to wear masks in gym class? Nope. Am I concerned that we're creating a generation of children who will be socially awkward and conditioned to fear their fellow man? No. Am I concerned that I'm contributing to an impending socialist technocracy that will enslave the global population? Not even a little bit. Am I concerned that my mask is symbolic of my compliance to the social conditioning that will eventually lead to the forced vaccination of every man, woman, and child on planet Earth? Not a chance. And why am I not concerned, you ask? I'm not concerned because I decided a long time ago that shallow and significant gestures are a much easier way to showcase my morality than actually being moral. Because in order to be a real good person, I gotta stand up to a real bad person. And I don't like standing up to or for anything. I've decided that it's much easier to trick my own mind into thinking compliance is a virtue instead of what compliance actually is. Cowardice. I prefer to float through life completely ignorant to the fact that every socialist takeover has always begun in the exact same way. With government overreach, public shaming, censorship, and a toilet paper shortage. Don't believe me? Google toilet paper shortage in communist Russia. Did you think you were having a unique experience? I prefer to pretend history never repeats itself so that I can stand by and turn a blind eye every time history repeats itself. I prefer to call anyone who speaks up, fights back, or stands their ground a lunatic or a conspiracy theorist so that I don't feel obligated to do my own research. Research takes away from me time. And lastly, I prefer to put on my mask and stand among a sea of masks so that I never have to be seen, be free, or reveal the deep dark shadows that lurk within me. Are we going to, uh, to see the same Democratic ticket in 2024? I'm sorry, we are thinking about today I mean, honestly, I, I, I know why you're asking the question, because this is the part of the punditry and the, right. the gossip around places like Washington, D.C. Let me just tell you something. We're focused on the things in front of us. We're focused on what we need to do to, to address issues like affordable child care, what we need to do to ensure... So there, there have been that, no conversations that, about 2024? The American people sent us here to do a job. And right now, there's a lot of work to be done, and that's my focus. It sounds sincerely. Like you're at least familiar with some of the punditry. I don't know if you've heard that there've been some. There's been some talk about a, a, a Biden Cheney ticket, perhaps in 2024. Did you read that article? I did not. I'm. I no, I did not. Come on! Oh my God! And I really could care less about the high-class gossip on these issues. I'm sorry, we are thinking about today. 
The 500 million tests that have been ordered that are going to be sent to every, every American, do we know when those are going out? Shortly. Though they're going to go out shortly. Next they've been ordered. They've been ordered. We, I have to look at the current information. I think it's going to be by next week. A lot of people are at home waiting for those rapid tests, and she sure. said in a week they might be out to everybody. That's what the vice president yeah, said. Yeah. Uh, now, the reality is we've spoken to a number of companies that actually manufacture these yeah. tests. They have led NBC News to believe that would be a lofty goal. Oh, okay. it, is, it is going to take some time okay. to manufacture some 500 million tests, especially when you look at the empty store shelves right now. Yeah. I think it's going to be by next week. <laughs> People keep saying, I can't wait until this COVID thing is over. I can't wait until we don't have to wear masks anymore. <laughs> they sit and they wait. They're terrified. They wait for instructions while the life they once knew vanished before their very eyes. They sit and they wait for the man on TV to tell them it's okay. It's safe, everyone. Take off your masks. Go outside. Go back to school! Go back to work! Everything is back to normal! <laughs> no more six feet apart! No more waiting in lines! No more social distancing! It's over! You're free! <laughs> How can you allow this to go on? Don't you understand? Can't you see it? Comply! Wear a mask! I won't comply! That's what you tell your friends. But they got you! Oh, they got you. Look in the mirror. They transformed you into an obedient socialist without any effort whatsoever. They got you. You scream, I have my rights, but you'll do what they say. They control you. They own you. Don't you know what you are? You're a puppet, a slave, a number. Brainwashed and reporting for duty. It could be worse, right? Right? You patiently wait for your next set of instructions. You wait to be told where you can go and what you can do. You're frozen, afraid to leave the couch. You've traded your freedom, your family, your friends, and your life for orders. You don't know how to function without them. You're beside yourself. You've been programmed to put that mask on, to follow orders, to listen, to cooperate, to stand in line, to be afraid. That mask is now a part of you, your comfort food, your patch of honor, the mark of your obedience. I'll never wear a mask, but then quickly comply after being ordered by a grocery store employee to do so. <laughs> With no scientific premise whatsoever, you assimilated purely out of fear. You gave your life to them. They control every aspect of your existence and you don't question a thing. Let the brainwashing begin! You yell, release the Kraken! But then quickly bow down to their demands. Thanksgiving is cancelled! There won't be a Christmas! The lockdown continues! Do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> For eight months, they took away your freedom, and you just stood there and let them take it! It's happening again! Get back to your house! You will comply. It's what you've been trained to do. First, it was the seatbelt, then the car seat, the helmet, and now the mask. <laughs> what will they think of next?
Well, all right, here we go. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to the 147th episode of No Hostages Radio. Thank you for listening. This will be uh, up and at them uh, on January 22nd, 2022. So tonight we're we're working on it on Thursday night, just a couple nights ahead, so we can prepare it and get it ready to put up on on that Saturday. So uh, thank you for listening to No Hostages Radio. You can get at us uh, by going to your favorite podcast source, or you could go to our website at nohostagesradio.com. That's a way that you can also email me at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Again, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. You can also uh, text me or call me at 530-713-1838. Uh, we also do a, a live show on KMYC every Saturday. It's a it's a uh, local AM station in Northern California in Yuba County, and that's uh, again KMYC. If you want to listen from wherever you are in the the country, the world, you can go to live365.com. That's L-I-V-E-365.com. Uh, click on radio, put in KMYC, and it should be uh, simul. Uh, simulcasting or streaming there for you. Uh, Let's see. It starts at, uh, on the left coast time, it starts at 10 and ends at 1. So let's see. We also uh, have a Facebook page, Live with Lou, and we post some articles over there, and also the podcast will eventually be posted over there, posted over there. So, uh, all right, we're going to do six segments tonight, and each segment of talk is about 20 minutes and then uh, between that, there's a few minutes of clips that I've set aside. And I have some actually uh, a few clips tonight that are uh, in in actually the talk segment. There's so much information right now about what's going on in the country, both politically and uh, with Big Pharma and the uh, the Great Reset and the COVID fraud and the COVIDian cult that uh, there's some great clips I want to play for you. One is going to be with an interview with uh, a medical internist, Dr. Carrie Madej, talking about monoclonal antibodies and also talking about uh, looking at what is in the injections under the microscope and what you can see. Um, it's kind of shocking. I've been put pushing the monoclonal antibodies some as as an option uh, to beef people's system up if they're uh, fragile folks. Uh, this gives another slant to it that is of concern. But I I have that, and then then there's going to be another a couple clips with uh, Maday Karen Maday, and then there is a clip uh, regarding big pharma being the mafia and uh, running things in our country. They're very good clips, and I, I think you'll enjoy them. I wanted to uh, mention, first of all, that during during the COVID uh, situation all over the country, there were selected businesses that uh, I, I don't know how many businesses per county in California stayed open, not very many in Yuba Sutter. Uh, one uh, was targeted by both uh, the Marysville Police Department in Marysville and then by the Consumer Affairs 
from Sacramento. They were targeted a couple times and harassed and and barbers uh, arrested. That's right, I said barbers arrested. Uh, But uh, there's another lady that spoke at a Free and Brave conference here earlier last year that was a refugee from Poland. And she has a restaurant in Michigan, and she was arrested and put in jail for operating a restaurant uh, when the governor of Michigan said, you can't be in business any longer because I'm a dictator. So there's been gyms and there's been restaurants and there's been all kinds of things. I played a clip last week of Tony Roman at Basilico's and uh, it may be Basilica's, I can't remember now, in Huntington Beach, who stayed open through the whole thing and actually wouldn't let people in his facility unless they were not masked and unless they were unvaccinated. So uh, I want to talk about, uh, for a brief second, just make an announcement. There's, there's a lady, I don't know her last name, but she runs, her name's Jeanette. She runs Apple Bistro in Placerville, California, and she has uh, stayed open, and it has drawn the ire of the Board of Supervisors, interestingly enough. <clears throat> That's in El Dorado County, and the El Dorado County Supervisors have gone after her, and they have been fining her. Uh, they took her license away. Um, then they fined her $500 a day, amounting to a total of $160,000 in total fines for operating without a license. Isn't that amazing? The government has become so uh, mafia-like that uh, you can't earn a living without going and getting a license. Isn't that interesting? I've been all over the world and eaten in all kinds of restaurants, on the street, street carts, all kinds of things. I've never asked a person, do they have a license? And I've, I've, I've eaten in some pretty gnarly spots. And uh, anyway, the whole licensing thing is a, a fraud and a fiasco and a money grab. So anyway, they got $160,000 in fines. Uh, the board then decided to sue her, the owner, and for these accumulated fines. And then she filed what we call affidavits, which is the first step of a lawsuit. It's putting people in check or warning that that unless they uh, correct their behavior, you're going to sue them. When she did that, uh, the board then proceeded to drop their suit temporarily. If Jeanette would rescind the affidavits, Jeanette refused. The board then proceeded to reinstate their lawsuit. Uh, their internal counsel, that would be their county counsel, did not follow uh in other words, he didn't want to or she didn't want to carry out the suit. So the board went outside the county government and hired their own attorneys. But with the taxpayers money, they voted unanimously five zero to do that using taxpayer funds. And um, so she is continuing to operate and she's got a court date coming up, I believe, on January. Twenty. Eighth. I think that's a Friday. Uh, and so she is going to, she's defending herself. She tried at least 50 attorneys to uh, represent her. Couldn't find anybody. It shows you, uh, the back lack of backbone of, of attorneys and everybody is just going along with the dictatorship. You see how communism works. You give people enough money in a community and they'll do anything for you.
Uh, it's kind of like one of those things they they make. It's a mafia. It's a mafia slogan. We we make you an offer you can't refuse, right? So uh, so all the supervisors are taking all hundreds of uh, millions of dollars. Schools are taking hundreds of millions of dollars and doing things that are all contrary to health, contrary to the Constitution. So Jeanette is one of the few people in that county, maybe the only one in that county that stood up. We had a bunch of people in Nevada County that stood up, and they organized into sort of a consortium of restaurants and withstood the health officer up there and actually filed lawsuit up there in Nevada County. El Dorado County is just a bit south of Nevada County. <clears throat> so anyway, on the 28th, she's going to court, and, and they're asking for people to come on up to Placerville in El Dorado County. It's a beautiful drive this time of year. And uh, and come to the restaurant on the 29th, that Saturday. So go up there and spend some money. It's called the Apple Bistro, Placerville, California. Now, why am I encouraging you to do that? Uh, you can actually mail her some money if you want. But I'm I'm telling you, if you don't stand up for your freedom, you will lose your freedom. So Ben Franklin said famously, we either are going to hang together or we're going to hang apart or singly or individually. You get it? Hang together or hang individually. So this is a part of hanging together and showing support from all over Northern California. If, if 200 people showed up, wouldn't that be great? Or 300 people or 400 people showed up and just packed that place and just hung out and had coffee. And if she had time to fix you some food, but the idea is to encourage her and show the community. This is a, a huge injustice. It's a blot. It's a black spot on our constitution. So, um, this guy wrote, writes me, he said, this is an intolerable and an abuse of power over independent businesses. This will be an effective case study in the transition from a business that works on a license to a business that operates under, a pro, under the protection of a private membership association. If you never heard of that before, it's kind of like it's called PMA, Private Membership Association. It's kind of like if you've ever belonged to a club or a golf course Maybe you've been on a part of a golf club or any kind of club, and there was a small membership fee. And so you operated under different rules. The government didn't have the same type of regulations and rules over you that they would on an independent business. So a lot of businesses now are, are forming private membership associations where you can belong to it. You pay a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars to belong, and then the it pushes the government out of the management sub management of your business and so it sounds like Jeanette and the Apple Bistro is going that direction and there's many people even in the Yuba Sutter area they're t we're talking about PMAs or private membership associations Randy Mitchell at Uppercuts Barbershop where some of his barbers got arrested they got harassed he almost got arrested he got cited the, but the district attorney dropped the charges on all the arrests and and sightings. Uh, uh, the district attorney of uh, Yuba County, uh, Clint Curry. But in these other, uh, like they don't have the district attorney involved up here. It sounds like the uh, they're just going to go for, they're just going to slam her with an amazing lawsuit. They're going to get egg on their face. But the way we're going to help them is if we join together, there's power in numbers. And please, please, please take your honey out and go for a drive 
and drive out of Sacramento, drive out of Yuba City and Marysville, drive out of Nevada County. All you Nevada County restaurant owners ought to drive over there to the Apple Bistro and support Jeanette. And, and her location is 2740 Highway 50, Placerville, California. Highway 50 is the main drag going from Sacramento right on up to Lake Tahoe. So it's a very, very busy spot. And uh, so 2740 Highway 50, Placerville, California. It's in El Dorado County and Apple Bistro. Jeanette is her name. You probably could mail to that address. I don't have a zip, but if you just... Uh, Put it in DuckDuckGo. It'll tell you all the details. You want to send her $100, I'm going to send her some money. <clears throat> and uh, because you know something, if this thing goes sideways, it continues to go sideways, we're all going to lose anyway. We're going to lose your money. You're going to lose your assets. They're going to take your house. Klaus Schwab said his goal in The Great Reset, his book, is for for no one except for the rich, the uber rich, all you average people like me, aren't going to own anything. And he said, you're really going to be happy that way. I thought, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't, but I don't like the idea. You, you taking my stuff, right? So, uh, Apple Bistro, Placerville, California, 2740 Highway 50, Placerville, California. Now, Randy Mitchell with Uppercuts Barbershop has not only stayed open in his various, he's got various locations, but he expanded. So now he's in Yuba City, at the mall, Marysville, downtown Marysville, Wheatland, California. He is, I believe, in the mall in Chico. And they're expanding their operation to a full-blown salon, uh, nails, all kinds of stuff up there in uh, in the Rockland area. Uh, so, anyway, I shop one of the Uppercuts Barbershops. And, and when you go in, tell them you heard about it on the, uh, the podcast. And... Uh, and tip those tip those barbers. They're they're working under duress because they're being harassed by the consumer affairs because they don't they want to keep everyone uh, behaving themselves and being obedient. They don't want barbers to say, "I'm not going to be licensed anymore." That's what Randy Mitchell said. He said, "I'm not going to be licensed anymore. I'm not going to be in contract with the government." The Constitution says nothing about I have to ask the government's permission to make a living and cut another person's hair. So I'm cutting hair without your, without your permission by you lording it over me. So there's all kinds of, and they're afraid the government's afraid of that because this is going to catch fire and people are just going to say, I'm not going to get a license for you anymore. Just like these restaurants, I would not get a license either. I would stay unlicensed, sign up with a PMA. And then, then you come under a, a different, uh, situation. Okay, uh, we've got about five more minutes here, but I want to uh, refer you again to thehealthyamerican.org, thehealthyamerican.org. Peggy Hall and her husband, David Hall, are very skilled at helping you with all the legal issues, uh, exemption issues of mandates. Now, there's all kinds of changes going on with mandates, but some of you have been fired and you have a right to sue your employer and get your job back or sue your employer for wrongful termination. And and you think, wow, I don't know where to get an attorney. I don't know where to do this, do that, do the other thing. Now, listen, you can go on her website, thehealthyamerican.org. I signed up long ago, sent her some money early on in COVID over a year and a half ago. Then I got to meet her because she came up here and spoke at a conference we had. And uh, she's a wonderful person. She's brilliant. She's a great researcher. She knows her stuff. She's assisted Southwest Airlines employees, all kinds of major corporation employees. 
and so if you go on her uh, right now, her uh, her email says, can't wait to see you in class. So she has these online classes. Some are live. And then once once if you miss the live portion, she records it. And then you can pay a certain amount to uh, like twenty five dollars, thirty five dollars to listen to the class on your own. But here's some of the topics. How to sue your employer. Concierge program for religious exemptions. VIP program for religious exemptions, employee rights, medical rights, panic free prepping, how to how to take on your local boards. That's city council, school boards, all the uh, boards of supervisors, etc. She also has curriculum. She was an educator at the University of California, Irvine campus for 30 years, I believe. She taught teachers how to teach, I believe. And But she is an expert researcher, and she has great ideas on how you can homeschool your child, even if you're a single parent and you have to work. Now, think that through. Uh, so anyway, she posted this. It's a photo of one of those, you know, those signs that are along the freeway in California, those massive signs that are lit up, and they tell you something like 22, you know, uh, road, road, slow down, accident ahead, 55 minutes delay, whatever, whatever. So this, this sign is a photo of it says, avoid travel, stay at home, beat COVID-19. Now that's illegal for the state of California to use our tax dollars for political purposes. That's a political statement. That is not a safety issue. That's, that's totally a fraudulent use of our tax dollars. Now she's recommending to call. If you're in California, you call a Senator, you call a Congress or an assemblyman and complain Just say, Hey, you can't say avoid travel, stay at home, beat COVID-19. That's baloney. That's a violation of your constitutional rights. So this is the kind of stuff you'll see on her. It doesn't cost you a thing to subscribe to her emails, but her classes cost a little bit, but I'm telling you, no one else is doing what the uh, the Hall family, David and, and Peggy Hall, are doing. And uh, they're right down in Huntington Beach, California. But a lot of their rules are federal uh, employment rules. So she has things like employment. She also has a, a lead to, if you got fired, she's got an, uh, a link to an employee uh, hiring system. She also has uh, uh, what's going on there in San Diego, Central, South uh, San Diego East in San Diego. There's a County homeschool expo and, uh, it's coming up this weekend. You know, there's all kinds of things going on. She posts it up here. She's also has all her classes, Peggy to the rescue. She has classes during the week. Uh, lots of, lots of things here. No better resources around for just simply activism. And a lot of you have been run over, taken advantage of ripped off, and you need to go get your money back and get get your rights back. So that that's Peggy Hall, and I did Apple Bistro. Uh, okay, so let me get back over to my page. We're coming down to just I just got a a little bit of time left in this segment, and um, so let me see here. Oh, I I still have these 18 by 24 inch no trespassing signs with all the legal um, codes on them. You can put in your window. They're free. Uh, You just have to come by my place and get them. 
Just give me a text at 530-713-1838. I don't mail them out. They're 18 by 24. They will stand the weather. I also have uh, metal stands that stick up in them. You can stick them in your yard if you wish. The best way is if you could just lean them right in your window. They'll last forever. And they're white with black letters. They look really clean, really professional. And they have all the codes where the government can't come and mess with you and try to inject you or try to get your kid to do something or wear a mask or do something. Uh, it tells tells them basically get off the front porch, right? And uh, it warns them that you can have them arrested if they don't have a warrant. So if you need those, give me a shout. 18 by 24 inch, very simple, very clean, very nice. Okay, we're going to take a break. Be right back. Call a storm in my I too did not want to get the vaccine. Um, I've never had a flu shot in my life. Injecting experimental drugs into me, not something I ever wanted to do. Traveling between the state that I live in, Hawaii and California, where I have family, uh, two states that have archaic uh, travel restrictions. Uh, I decided between the pressure of that and my airline that was going to require a mandate vaccine, I went and got the jab. I did it 11.30 in the morning in Hawaii. Uh, everything was normal. I went to bed, woke up at 3.30 in the morning with my heart pounding out of my chest. I went to the ER. Uh, they hooked me up quickly to EKG, IVs, did blood work quickly determined that I was in atrial fibrillation. It's a major cause of stroke. Um, as Lee said, there's, there's a critical phases of flight where this, this stuff, when, when I certified to go fly, I have to check off a box before I go fly all you lovely people wherever you want to go before I take that multi-million airplane. I check this box and it says I'm fit to fly. That was before COVID. That's when you knew, yeah, I have food poisoning, I am have a cold, whatever. Um, here, you never know when the genie's going to come out of the bottle and smack you down. I could have stroked out at 100 feet trying to land an airplane with 40 airplanes lined up next to us. I could have just pushed down on that stick before the person next to me could do anything. We're in a, it's all over for a lot of people. Not a good scenario. Pete Buttigieg isn't telling you anything about this. The administration is not. The NIH, the CDC, they suppress all this stuff. There's a number of pilots out there that are fearful to come forward and speak. They're fearful of retribution. There's guys that are going to work with crushing pains in their chest, in their heads. They're scared that they're gonna lose their careers because they're 25 years old. This has got to stop. Hi, my name's Gemma. I work for Northwest Ambulance Service and I have done for the past five years. Like many other NHS staff at the moment, I'm facing the situation of either have the COVID-19 vaccination or risk losing my job. So I've been allowed to work for the last two years without a COVID-19 vaccination. And even in the beginning, when it was obviously very unknown, we didn't know what we were dealing with, what we were facing, I worked many occasions without any PPE. I put myself at risk, I put my son at risk, I put my family at risk, but I still turned up to work and cared for people and did my job and completed my shifts. 
I've gone from being called an NHS hero to now when it gets to April this year, I'm suddenly going to be deemed a risk and unsafe to work with patients. I can work up until that point, but once it's April, I'm then all of a sudden a risk and unsafe to continue doing my job. We're not talking about a vaccination which stops the spread of COVID-19. It doesn't stop you getting it. So I'm really, really struggling to understand why I'm suddenly going to be deemed a risk when it doesn't stop, like I say, the spread or stop you from catching it. I really I can't understand that. The vaccine is still in a trial until 2023 and there is no long term data available for it. So for me, I've got my own reasons why I don't want it, but that is definitely something that is a factor in why I don't wish to have it. I should be allowed to make an informed decision about my own body. I shouldn't be being forced or coerced into having anything that I don't want, either have the job or lose my job. That isn't a decision, that's not a choice, that is complete coercion. I'm standing by what I believe in and what I know is right for me. I'm always encouraging my son to stand up and voice things that he believes in and what he knows is right. And this is a situation where I'm having to show that. Unfortunately, it's at the detriment of me losing my job. But like I say, I've got to stand by what I believe in and also what I'm teaching him as well. Just please think about the mandating of this vaccine because it won't just affect NHS staff. I do really worry about the way that things will head if this does go through for everybody else, like I say, not just NHS staff. A few points for anybody celebrating the deportation of Novak Djokovic. I think people can see that the types of people celebrating are not the sort of people you necessarily want to be near, people you certainly wouldn't want to have a drink with in the pub. If you're celebrating the deportation of Novak Djokovic and calling him a liar, you best hope that your own past is whiter than white. Certain members of the media don't fall into that category, do they? For example, if you once printed fabricated photos of our troops on the front page of a national newspaper, I don't think you're really in a position to call Novak Djokovic a liar. Secondly, there's people who are celebrating because they say, well, we had to have the vaccine. The rules apply to us. Why shouldn't they apply to Novak? This works to a point, but of course, it just means that you're prepared to accept any level of tyranny as long as it happens to everybody. So if someone comes to your door tomorrow and says they're taking your car or your bank accounts or your right to own a home, is that OK? that level of tyranny, as long as it happens to everybody. Where does it end? Where do you stop accepting things as long as it's equally hard for everybody else? As long as everyone's suffering equally, is that something to celebrate in your book? Because that makes your book very small indeed. And finally, you should think about something much bigger than yourself. That will be hard for the selfish lefties. The bigger picture is this is a precedent. Novak Djokovic will be deported on the basis of good order and that him staying in country may risk or cost public order and that he may increase anti-vaccine sentiment in the country. First up, Novak Djokovic is not an anti-vaxxer. He didn't even disclose his vaccine status until he was forced at border force by someone probably threatening him with a cavity search. But if good order offences and the possibility of disrupting good order is enough to deport someone or not to give them a visa, then other people better watch out. If you disagree with the government, it means that you can be refused a visa on the basis of future 
good order offences that might occur. And if you need some precedent for that, look no further than the British government, who didn't allow a journalist into this country, the UK, on the basis of future hate speech, as yet unsaid, that might upset local communities. That's the precedent you're celebrating if you're celebrating the deportation of Novak Djokovic. I think it's a horrendous mistake. I feel terrible sympathy for Novak Djokovic and I celebrate and applaud him and the people of Serbia for standing firm behind at least one international athlete who has a spine and some semblance of moral courage. Okay, thank you for waiting for me. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to talk a little bit about education today. Uh, the schools are no longer public schools. They're government schools. Uh, they are assisting teachers and administrators in what I call white-collar welfare. The, the kids are just kind of like the EBT card. They're the plastic and um, and they just deliver the money to the folks. They, really, education is uh, not a byproduct of schools anymore, the, the government schools. So uh, <clears throat> I've been really encouraging people to leave the schools. I'm going to talk about each week. I'm going to talk more and more about schools. I'm going to talk about today about uh, uh, funky uh, sexual stuff being taught to third graders and uh, Kids being isolated outside if they don't have a mask on, they got to go outside the classroom. It's just crazy stuff. So the easiest thing you can do, see what's happened is in our public schools right now, in our area, uh, each county, which we're in rural California, they're getting from 50 to $90 million per county, depending on how many schools and all that, 50 to $90 million. <clears throat> And, and, to take that, they had to comply with all kinds of rules, like boxing kids in plastic, plastic, uh, you know, uh, cubicles, uh, making them stand six feet apart, making them incessantly wash their hands, making them uh, wear masks, making them uh, get tested, get vaccinated, get this, do this, do this, do this, and 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 we'll give you all this money. So when the school and the health officer, we we have a uh, we call her the off the the doctor of death. That's Dr. Mengelalu, Fong Dr. Mengelalu. Somebody uh, took exception with that the other day, saying, hey, hey, how come you're like saying that? That guy was really a ruthless killer. I said, that's exactly who we got in, in Yuba County, a ruthless killer, and Dr. Mengelalu. And and so we got her, plus we got these superintendents that are acting like, oh, we, we love the kids and we just want everybody to be so healthy. And the fact is they never tell you that the reason they're doing this is they will not get the 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 million dollars per county up here in this rural area uh, if unless they don't unless they do these ridiculous things. So many people are pulling their kids out of school 
Some are doing homeschool. Some are doing private school. <coughs> I'm going to try to look up before I get past today. There's a um, school choice uh, initiative that, that's trying to get on the ballot uh, this uh, J- June. Uh, no, this November 2022. And that if that passes, if that gets on the ballot and that passes, uh, that means all you people in the public schools or the government schools or even that have already left could go and apply for $14,000 voucher or a credit to go to the school of your choice as long as it's a credited school, okay? So that's another thing that's coming up. But in the meantime, uh, many of you are are checking out private schools. There's a lot of good private schools in our area, in the Yuba-Sutter counties in Northern California. But one thing that's going on that some, some people that I know started, and I'm very proud of them, and I admire them. They're young. They're young couples uh, that are uh, raising children, and they just thought, you know, we're going to do this, and we're going to we're going to do it together as a community of homeschoolers. And they started a thing called Arrow Education, and it's called a homeschool co-op. And so they they let me know, hey, Lou, the spring semester starting, and uh, starts February second. Uh, op- registration starts. And so uh, there's a little bit of information lacking here, but I think I can get you what what enough to get going. So basically, uh, you get your they help you uh, or you can get your own homeschool curriculum or they'll help you. They have all guys that have been doing this for years. And uh, but on the on the Wednesday of each month uh, of each week, they get together at nine forty five to three in the afternoon and they have school together and they bring in special speakers and they have special topics, and then they provide lunch. So they offer classes from kindergarten to 12th grade, including art, physical education, cooking, science, social studies, and so much more, they say. I, it's very good. I was out there doing some repair work, and so I was crossing paths with them one Wednesday, and I said, how many people you got out here? And they said, Lou, we have approaching 100 kids out here on Wednesdays. So that's very good. Uh, the electives are taught by parents or others that they recruit. Uh, if you want to teach, you can actually, if you have a skill in a particular area, they're, they're interested in that. There is a small fee per student per semester. I'm talking about really small, like $20 or something. It's, it's or 25 or something. It's very small. Anyway, uh, if you're interested to, you think, oh, man, I'd like to homeschool, but I know nothing about it, I can link you up with some ladies and gentlemen in this homeschool program and they can coach you and tell you what they're doing and handhold you through it. And plus you could attend these Wednesday meetings. Now these meetings are held at 1179 Eager road, live Oak, California. It's actually between Yuba city and live Oak 1179 Eager road, right off highway 99. And, uh, it's, it's at the church of glad tidings campus and so you can go on the churchofgladtidings.com website, churchofgladtidings.com website, and then let your cursor hover over ministries, and there'll be a drop-down box, and you'll see Arrow Education, and click on that, and they'll get some information from there. If you do, still can't find what you need, just call the church at 530-671-3160, 530-671-3160. That's Tuesday through Friday at eight to four. Now, sometimes you get an auto attendant, but they do have live people. They're there, but uh, things get busy and then, but just leave a message 
and that they'll get back to you. Okay. So if you want any of that help, um, I would encourage you, this is, they're going into their, maybe their third year now on this arrow education. So jump on it. And, uh, I think you'll be really happy. So I didn't know whether you, you've been following 5g, you know, I, I I'm not too techie, right? So we had, we started out with G 2g, 3g, 4g, right? And, and so it's kind of like the iPhones. I don't, Normally, I don't have an iPhone, but they have, you know, they started with iPhone and two, three, four, five. And usually more, the more number, the bigger the number, the better the phone, right? The newer techniques. So a lot of people just jumped on this 5G like, oh, bring it, bring it, bring it. Faster movies, no delays, all that kind of stuff. <coughs> but there's something about technology. Did you know that even if you live under electrical power line, those big power lines, that the power doesn't actually flow inside the line. I always thought that power, how did that power go inside that line? But it actually flows along outside the lines. And so things that people live under those lines feel the vibes from that electricity. So you think, oh, it's no big deal. I just feel good. Some of, your, some of you that have headaches all the time or troubles, physical troubles, may be affected by some kind of radiation coming from electricity or some kind of uh, device and that's why I say, hey, don't don't leave your phone laying on your pillow next to you, right? Because it can. Some people think it could cause brain problems. So a bunch of my friends brought in some specialists to talk about 5G to the Marysville City Council, uh, and I don't know whether they went to the supervisors or not, but they went to Marysville City Council because they were entertaining 5G, and and so they tried to make a presentation. And it it was kind of a received coolly, not very not very well. Well, there's uh, you know, and when you talk about these things, people that don't know anything about it think, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. Well, uh, here's the deal: the particles that are present in the shots you're taking for if you took a COVID shot, there's metallic particles in there that can can act as an antenna and a conductor for 5g and 5g is isn't those big cell towers that you see every few miles they're they're towers that are every block or two they're tiny tiny attachments and they're all over the place and so there's there's these frequencies or waves that are flowing through the community and they're going to have an impact so it was interesting to me because marysville city council just poo-pooed the whole deal right and kind of blew it off like oh you know we're already into this and it's going to be fine and all that kind of stuff well you know there's been a lot of things that people gave drugs they gave uh their their ladies when they were pregnant and then they had uh, kids that weren't formed right right and they say oh our bad our bad we didn't know that back then now they're talking about vaccines uh, other vaccines like uh, MMR vaccines and all the vaccines they give kids today that are causing the autism. And they say, oh, there's no link to autism. I, I, I've read enough information. I'm convinced there's, there's a connection to autism. Well, that's a bummer, you know, when you know your kid could have been fine, but because you gave him all these vaccines that screwed him over, right? So now it's interesting. I just ran across this article. It says the airlines, our, our major airlines, you know what they're asking Biden to do? to delay the 5G rollout because it's going to it's going to cause a catastrophe in in aviation and you think well how is that they're just these unseen waves how's it going to affect anything i'll tell you let me just tell you how serious this is 
Executives from the biggest U.S. airlines uh, asked the administration for immediate intervention in today's scheduled rollout of 5G. This is a few days ago, a 5G technology, and, and they, they don't want it near their airports because it'll cause an aviation crisis. And, it, and they're talking about AT&T and Verizon. Numerous interla- international air- airlines have already canceled flights to certain U.S. airports. Uh, one suspended travel indefinitely, citing concerns over the upcoming 5G deployment and worries that some aircraft haven't been cleared to fly into airports with 5G signals. In other words, what goes on, what you can't see can kill you. Did you know that? If you don't believe that, just turn the gas on. Uh, if you got a gas stove and don't light the pilot and see what that'll do to you, even though you can't see it. So uh, 10, 10 air carriers have asked for this to happen. So here's the benefits of 5G. Here's, here's what you're seeing being pitched. Faster access to the Internet. But airlines warned, warned the new C-band 5G service could leave a significant number of aircraft unusable. In other words, you can't fly that aircraft with 5G waves around it. And it could potentially strand tens of thousands of Americans overseas and cause chaos for U.S. fights. Well, it's already happened because the Biden administration is brain dead and they are just ignoring everything everybody says, whether it's about a vaccine or whether it's about masks or standing six feet apart or whatever, whatever. So the executives wrote, the ripple effects across both passenger and cargo operations, our workforce and broader economy are simply incalculable. To be blunt, the nation's commerce will grind to a halt. Have you felt things grinding to a halt over at the ports lately? Yeah, they're grinding to a halt. And now this is just another thing. It's just incompetence in leadership, right? They said, this is quoting them. Unless our major hubs are cleared to fly, the vast majority of the traveling and shipping public will essentially be grounded. Uh, And these guys are from American Air, Delta, United, Southwest, and, and others. They go on to say this means that on a day like yesterday, more than 1,100 flights and 100,000 passengers would be subjected to cancellations, d- diversions, or delays. Have you ever been canceled? Have you ever been on one of these weather delays or something, something? I've had a lot of things happen to me. I didn't have a weather delay, but I've had planes that just broke. They were sitting on the runway, and it broke. They said, they said get off. Get something else to fly in. So anyway, very now this is so, how serious it is. Air India announced numerous flights departing from India to U.S. airports would be canceled. Boom. Destinations, Boston, Chicago, Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston, Miami, Newark, Orlando, San Francisco, Seattle. Uh, They don't trust the new technology. Two major airlines. I've flown flown this one. All Nippon Air. They call it ANA. All Nippon Air and Japan Air, they're good airlines, announced cancellation between Tuesday and Thursday in the U.S. due to 5G. Uh, The cancellation includes 10 scheduled flights. That's 650. Oh, that's got to be more than 650 passengers. One of those planes will carry 300. Anyway, um, United Arab Emirates announced on Wednesday it would halt flights to several American locations due to operational concerns. On and on and on it goes. Listen, people. 
it's it's just a good example of people not dotting the I's and crossing the T's and say, oh, we're just going to put in this 5G. And you have all kinds of environmental concern people like me. I'm concerned about the environment, right? Uh, voicing their concerns that this technology will affect your health. It will cause you to have bad health. And uh, so the flight cancellations came a day after Verizon and ATT announced a temporary pause on the expansion of 5G near some airports. It's not going to be paused where you live. They're going for it. And unless you throw a fit in your city, I think we're already screwed here in Marysville where I live. Uh, so, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., who runs a children's health defense said it's unfortunately that unfortunate that advocates for human health and the environment don't have the robust lobbying power of the airline industry. The damages to the human and natural biomes, B I O M E S. That's a new word for you from Wi-Fi, dwarf the impact of its interference with the aviation, uh, altimeters. That's what it's affecting, the altimeters, right? Not the, not the, uh, up, uh, I can't, I'm getting confused on my words. Altimeters uh, to keep the airplane straight and flying up or down, right? According to newest data, New Hampshire Legislative Commission wireless technology produces significant negative effects on humans, animals, insects, and plants. Come on, New Hampshire. That's new data from New Hampshire Legislative Commission. As millions of Americans are suddenly working remotely, it has proven to be a powerful opportunity for regulators to move 5G forward. But the problem is it's got health risks. Check this out. And then you can study it on your own. Here's what I here's what I don't like people to do: just blow it off like, oh, it's just a conspiracy theory, and never look into it themselves. When you look into it, it's going to get your hair to stand on end if it's still any up there. However, the structure required to support 5G will place cell antenna ports close to houses and workplaces, making it nearly impossible to avoid and raising people's risks of excessive oxidative. Stress that may lead to anxiety, depression, and Alzheimer's disease. Pull that thought. Okay. Uh, all righty. Let me just mention a couple of people. we got a couple of minutes left. Uh, let me give a shout-out to some guys and gals that help me. One is All Power Services. It's a. Uh, it's probably one of the newer uh, power tool Anything to do with power, any motors, power tool, power sports, service repair, custom welding, fabrication. They got, they're getting it on. They're kind of the wave setters, the trend setters in Yuba Sutter right now. They're out on uh, 1469 Stewart Road in Yuba City, right off Highway 99, over to the west of Highway 99. And they, they'll do anything but from tune your car up. Fix, fix your brakes, do fix your chainsaw, anything with motors. They work on it. tractors, all-terrain vehicles, the, the whole the whole deal. Will Fanning, Josh James, great, great guys. You know, a lot of these fix-it places end up collecting a lot of stuff because they get behind and they get stuck and they can't produce. These boys produce it and give it back to you. So they're not going to store your stuff for you broke. People think, yeah, I dropped that off like in 2020. 
And I still haven't got it back. No, not these guys. They get it done. So you can call them up at 530-844-0347. To give you an idea, is one of the big chainsaw operations, you know, the trimmers that work for the power companies brought in, I think, 39 chainsaws at one time. So they were all broken, right? They just, they when they break them, they just bust another one out of the box and keep cutting branches. So all power services, 844-0347. Check it out. I just talked to Dr. Cassidy today. He said, the, you know, we, we hand out these handouts uh, for people that have addiction problems. And we, these, we put our, our cell phones on them, he and I. I kind of do the logistics. And there's so many people dying. Every week there's people dying of opiates around here, overdoses. Uh, fentanyl is a real problem now. But uh, anyway, he was talking to me on the phone today, and he said, hey, Lou, this guy came in, and uh, and and they saw the they saw the flyer. They heard it on the radio. They did this. They did that. And uh, it's good. So anyway, we're trying to get people fast-tracked off the streets or off heroin, any kind of opiates, methamphetamine, alcohol, cigarettes, whatever the problem is. So you can reach out through to him at Peachtree Health. Just ask for Dr. Cassidy, and when they say, what do you need, say, I need some addiction help. 530-749-3242. Again, 530-749-3242. Or you can reach Cassidy by text at 530-682-8648. Only if you can't get through at Peachtree, 682-8648. Or if all else fails, just dial me up. I'll, you can talk to me or you can text me at 530-713-1838. Listen, we got Dr. Cassidy and I have hundreds of friends that used to be in bondage and, and held hostage by uh, drugs and alcohol. It doesn't have to be that way. And uh, you can be back and get your family back. You can get your jobs back and you can get it on. A lot of you are very talented. You're just, you got, you got trapped. So let's get free. Okay. Okay. We're going to take a break. Be right back for our third, third of six segments. There's a port on the Western Bay and it's a Chips a day, lonely sailors pass the time away. Talk about their homes. There's a girl in this harbor. Hi there. I'm a white liberal mom living in the suburbs, and I'm highly, highly educated. I also vote Democrat, and I'm here to encourage you to do the same. And yes, most of the crime, poverty, injustice you witness today is taking place in Democrat-run cities with Democrat mayors and Democrat city councils. And you might be thinking, well, why would I keep voting Democrat? People who promise change and no change happens. That's a great question. And I'm here to tell you that this time, this time, we really do promise change this time. I'm also here to encourage you to vote for Joe Biden. Joe Biden has been an elected official for almost 50 years. That's a long time. Joe Biden was even vice president for eight years. Eight years. This is delicious. And throughout all of Joe Biden's time in office, he has promised change. And this time, this time, Joe means it. These kids are just precious. Joe Biden would love them. Now I know it can be frustrating voting Democrat over and over again, hoping for change. 
But this time, this time, we really do mean it. This time. And I think it was Albert Einstein that said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. <laughs> well, Albert, Albert's an idiot. So for real change, vote Democrat this fall, because this time, this time, we mean it. As the world prepares for the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing, China sends at least 20 million of its citizens to quarantine camps on the grounds of what looks like a sports stadium. The camps are massive. According to the New York Times, the industrial city of Xi'an, where most of these camps are located, has been completely locked down since before Christmas 2021, even though 95% of its 13 million citizens are fully vaccinated and only three COVID-related deaths have been reported there throughout this pandemic. Whether we can trust the reports from a communist regime is debatable, but what isn't in question is that China's quarantine camps are inhumane and should be decried by civil nations worldwide, but they're not. Similar to China's 260 Uyghur internment camps that have held more than 1 million Muslims prisoner under China's re-education program, there's been no backlash from the international community about the current quarantine camps. Where's the UN? A better question is, why hasn't the US pulled out of the 2022 Winter Olympics altogether? Isn't that the right thing to do? The U.S. has competed in every Olympic game except in the 1980 Summer Olympics, when we boycotted the games in protest of the Soviet Union's invasion of Afghanistan. So why are we participating in an event in enemy territory, especially when that enemy is committing crimes against humanity in plain view? Some say that it would be unfair to deprive athletes of their opportunity to compete, that they would be disappointed, as if an athlete's disappointment is a crime too heinous to bear. This argument is laughable for two reasons. First, since when does an athlete's disappointment trump basic decency, human rights, or international relations? Second, if the International Olympics Committee, also known as the IOC, or the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee cared a fig about fairness, then they wouldn't allow men to compete in women's sports, period. But they do. So, since fairness and feelings have nothing to do with why the U.S. chooses to engage in this year's Olympics, then there's only one reason left. The only real reason for anything. Money. The Olympics is big money for NBC Universal, the media company who holds the exclusive rights to broadcast the games in the U.S. NBC Universal has paid the IOC an average of $1.1 billion per season for the exclusive rights to air the games from 2014 to 2020, a whopping $4.38 billion. They renewed their contract until 2032 for $7.75 billion in 2014. Neat, right? Now, clearly, NBC Universal wouldn't invest if there was no return. So, how do they get their money back? Ads. NBC garnered a total of $2.25 billion in ads during the Tokyo Olympics in 2020. Pennies for large corporations like Coca-Cola, for sure, but it does help explain why the U.S. is uninterested in boycotting anything. In addition, keep in mind that NBC Universal and China established business ties back in 2010, a, quote, in-depth cooperation in the collection, production, and broadcast of TV news content, including international broadcast news. 
China's ties to NBC has also given it control over Hollywood content. And you guessed it, sports. Do you see it yet? Now, while it's easy and kind of fun to out and criticize NBC Universal for supporting China and the country's barbaric regime, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the hand that everyday Americans play in this situation. The truth is that many Americans are already directly and or indirectly invested in NBC Universal. If you don't believe me, take a look at your mutual funds. The Vanguard Group is the largest provider of mutual funds and the second largest provider of exchange-traded funds in the world second only to BlackRock's iShares. In July of 2020, Vanguard was Comcast's largest shareholder, owning 9.1% of the company's shares. Comcast acquired NBC Universal in 2009. This is what I meant about voting with your money. Our complaints don't matter when our dollars are funding the very corruption that we claim to protest. On the other hand, unless small shareholders were to band together, what difference would they really make? But it's not just our unchecked investments that are at play here. The other truth is that Americans love their sports, and many still want to watch the Olympics, even if it means supporting the Chinese Communist Party. That's why you won't see mass protests on the streets of America crying for an Olympic boycott. We're a conflicted nation. We want to have our cake and eat it too. And those who understand this best profit the most. Whose fault is that? God bless America. This week I was over at a doctor's house. It was helping me, Dr. Cassidy and Dr. Andrews, and I've been working with a guy that's uh, living out on the street and has a trouble with a amputated leg, and we've been working with him. So I went by Dr. Andrews' house to uh, pick up a prescription for him to get an x-ray, and uh, lo and behold, in the driveway was a thrifty rooter van. And I thought, well, darn, that thrifty rooter's getting around everywhere. they got vans all over town, so... Thrifty Rooter, I know the, the owners, uh, Bill and Carla Artomenko, and uh, and they help help on this show. And I, I, I saw the guy, uh, the worker there, and he was talking to the doctor. And I gave him a shout out. I didn't tell him who I was, but I, I thought, I know that guy. I recognize him from the website. So there's a picture of the workers on the website. And you can go to check it out at thriftyrooter.net. So they do all kinds of septic tanks. They, if you don't have a septic tank, you're on sewer. They do sewer clean out, septic tank line clean out, uh, any kind of the plumbing plumbing work. Plus, they got if you need to to get that septic tank drained, uh, they will come over and and uh, they got the big truck and they will they will fix that for you. So they you can go on their website and just look at all the things that they can do. Thriftyrooter.net and and then you can see what you what you want there, and you might be surprised at some of the things they they do offer. Like if, you, if your sewage sewer keeps backing up, you may have some roots in it. But instead of like guessing, they just send a they send a, they send a miniature film crew down there and take a take a film of it. And uh, but anyway, you can you can shoot them a, a text in the middle of the night, uh, right off or an email right off their website, or you can dial them up old school at 
800-242-8201. Okay, I'm going to play a clip today. It's a first half. Um, it's a two-part clip. I'm going to play uh, a little over nine minutes now, and then I'm going to play nine minutes in the next segment, okay? So uh, it's, the, it's the Stu Peters Show. You can listen to Stu Peters on all the platforms except Facebook and uh, YouTube, but you can go over to Rumble or BitChute and just put in the Stu Peters, S-T-E-W, Peters Show. He's got wonderful speakers all the time, guests all the time. So instead of me inviting him on my show, I just take his whole portion and just put it over here. So he is interviewing a bunch of people, but I'm just going to have you listen to a doctor. She's a medical internist named Carrie Madej, M-A-D-E-J. I believe she's Polish, Dr. Carrie Madej. And she uh, has a practice or had practices down in the Georgia area, uh, Atlanta, Georgia area. But a lot of them got ended and got canceled because of her stance or her accurate and honest stance regarding COVID. So she's uh, being interviewed right now regarding monoclonal antibodies. I already kind of gave an introduction to that. And what she found uh, when she went into the lab at at a laboratory and they took a vial of the chemicals that they're injecting into people that they claim is some sort of a vaccine. And uh, this should be an eye opener for you. So I'm going to do a little bit here and then we're going to talk about some other things and we're going to do the rest of it in the second segment. Okay, here we go. Well, one reason that a lot of people have felt safe avoiding these bioweapon shots being falsely referred to as safe and effective vaccines is that over the past year, a lot of other treatments have emerged for dealing with this COVID-19. There's ivermectin, for example, hydroxychloroquine, plus there's better protocols that you could take prophylactically or for taking care of people who are moderately ill, for example, Dr. Zeb Zelenko's Z-Stack. But one of the biggest treatments to emerge in the last few months is giving patients infusions of monoclonal antibodies. That's the treatment, by the way, that officials in New York and in Utah and here in Minnesota are rationing on the basis of people's race because they don't want any going to any white people if they can avoid that. But should you be getting this antibody treatment, even if it's not being denied to you because of your race? Dr. Carrie Madej is arguing that maybe you should think twice. Carrie recently produced a video warning that these monoclonal antibodies include ingredients derived from HEK-293. What is that? Human embryonic kidney tissue. That tissue comes from aborted children back in the 70s whose cells have now been replicated over and over again for the past 50 years in order to be used in medical testing and research. After viewing that video, we just absolutely knew that we had to talk to her. Dr. Carrie Madej joins us now. So what exactly is it that we're looking at here? Hi, Stu. My pleasure to be back on your show. Yeah, thank you. Um, So they call this monoclonal antibodies. That's kind of a misnomer because mono usually means one. What we're dealing with is a cocktail of different kinds of antibodies. So when you get sick, your body forms antibodies to the organism so that you can fight it. And so the idea these drug manufacturers had is, what if we just give people more antibodies? So that should make your immune system better. I mean, this isn't a well-researched, uh, well-researched thought process. Let's just say that. So this is experimental. Everybody needs to know. Very experimental drug. Don't think that it's been around for a long time. So what they're doing is taking antibodies. Well, where do they get them from? Well, there's three sources. So the number one source is going to be just human antibodies. They just say that as as a category, 
we don't know where they come from. They come from donors, but are they alive? Are they dead? Was it somebody of drugs? Somebody of HIV? We don't know. They're just donors. Okay. Number two, Um, they also are using, like you said, the HEK293 line, which is human embryonic kidney cells. And when they put the number 293, that literally means how many living abortions it took to get that cell line. There's 293 living fetuses that were aborted alive. They were taken from their mother alive. Whether or not the mom knew, I don't know. But then they take them to a lab, and that's where they're killed. I mean, you have to understand, to me, there's, there's no good reason. They say they need the tissue that way. So they have to kill them in the lab with a needle or they cut through the baby's chest. Um, it's horrifying. But it took that many to get that cell line. Now, when they get that cell line, like you said, it was from the 1970s. And so then they clone them or they make them immortalized, which is a fancy, nice way of saying cancerous. They turn the cells cancerous. So now you're getting aborted fetal cells that are cancerous injected inside of you. I mean, um, that's not good. Well, I don't, I don't think that it's been widely broadcast that these monoclonal antibodies contain these this fetal tissue from live aborted babies. I had no idea about that. So I would imagine that the general public is probably not being told this. When they're going for these things, should there be some sort of informed consent on these as well (laughs) that we're not getting, for example, on these toxic jabs? Well, that's what should happen. You are correct. But as we've seen, even with this pandemic, we aren't getting proper informed consent on anything. And just so you know, when the manufacturers are directly questioned, do you have aborted fetal cells? They say no. They say no, but they're lying because they say, well, these were just aborted a long time ago, not recently. That doesn't count. These are just cloned cell lines, but they do count. They are coming from those living aborted fetuses, those babies that were aborted in the 70s. Um, and you should know what you're putting in your body. You should also know that they're cancerous, right? Yeah. <laughs> because absolutely. we have the ability to pick up genetic material that's either injected we breathe it in or we eat it, we can actually take up genetic material. Body can do that. So could you take up that kind of genetic material? They're also genetically modified. They're not healthy cell lines. Um, but the third, and to me, um, it, it's, it's very important to people know the third antibody uh, line that comes from these monoclonals is uh, something called a chimeric mouse human antibody. So what does that mean? They're taking a human uh, genome and a mouse genome and they push them together. They make them one. That's literally called a chimera. So it's two creatures pushed into one. And then they make that mouse with the human genome push out all these antibodies. Well, they've also, not only they pushed them together, they're still genetically modifying them. So they were able to now make, see anything genetically modified can be patented and owned. So there's a patented trade name on these cell lines called Velocimune. So people are making a lot of money on this. And this um, trade name, when I saw it, I knew it immediately from years ago when I had my big practice in, in Georgia, I took complicated cases. And of course, some of them were breast cancer patients. They were given a new chemotherapy called immunotherapy that included this mouse um, cell line, human cell line. And at first, the people who took this looked great. They had their tumors shrinking. They actually felt good. They thought this was a success. And so many times, more times than not, I would see the same patients come in one to three years later, sometimes five, usually one to three. 
and they were just an explosion of cancer in their body. They had um, so much cancer. It was so deforming to their organs. Sometimes I and the radiologist could not tell the liver from the intestines. It was, it was that bad, and, and they would die usually within a month of, of seeing that. And they called that an allergy to this, this immunotherapy with this velocimune cell line. So when you're getting chemotherapy, you get many doses and people getting these monoclonals are only getting one or two, but we don't know what can happen to you. Again, people, please understand, these aren't great experiments they did in the past. These have been failed and they're using them now and they're still not getting any good data. We don't know what could be the future implications. It's a warning to people. Right. So don't just go out and rush and get them just because I've seen people get them preemptively. They're not even sick. They just think they should get them. This is a big mistake. Um, so I, I want to go back just a little bit. You said that the, if you go to the manufacturer directly, they're going to say, no, that's not true. So obviously, the globalist media is going to fact check this. And the, the big headline at Snopes and Reuters will be Stu Peter's show. No, uh, aborted babies are not in the monoclonal antibodies. They're totally safe. So to mm -hmm. those people, you say what? I say, please stop looking at Snopes. That is not an accurate. Well, no, no, no. I mean, to the people platform, that are going to publish but, this, you know, to, the, oh, to these so media types if, that are going to say this is just not true. How can you so prove that this the, is true? Yeah. So look at the words they use. They're going to say cloned line. They're going to say immortalized. Those are um, fancy ways of saying they took another cell line. So look at the original cell line. When you look at the original cell line, they have to admit to you they took the HEK293. That is in the literature. You should be able to find that. That is the original cell line. And when they say the word cloned, when they say the word immortalized, that means cancerous. So you have to know they're really creative when they use a word to get you to not understand really what they're using. So, um, and there's definitely references I have to give you to show that that is their original cell line where they got um, these cells from. And then as far as like fallout from these monoclonal antibodies, have we seen Anybody experiencing injury or adverse events or reactions to this? Because I haven't been all over this. I'm assuming that you've been paying some attention to this. Well, there's no official reporting database for that, is there? That's a problem. Isn't that kind of tricky? So here we give people these things and, and there's no database to, to um, really say something happened to them. Not, not an official one, let's say. I can tell you, I know people that have gotten them and they've had strange symptoms you know, more autoimmune symptoms. And this is just early now. Um, um, some people that I've, I've seen here, it, it appears their, their blood is, is not quite the same. This is something that is brand new. It needs to be investigated. So we, we don't have knowledge on this yet. It's, it's purely experimental. All right, so we're going to talk about a few other things here until the uh, next break, and we got about seven minutes left, and then we'll uh, come back with the second part of the Stu Peters Carrie Midday interview. So I wanted to mention uh, a, one private school locally that you might be interested in, and that's the uh, Embassy Private Educational Center. It's being run, uh, directed by uh, a married couple that are both teachers. And that is uh, John and Vicki Tade. And they uh, have had a lot of experience teaching. They uh, are really sharp people. He has a, a background in the military. Then he got into teaching after he uh, did a career in the military. And uh, 
they are they were at Yuba City Unified School District, but didn't like many of the things that that were being foisted upon the kids in the curriculum. So they left and they they wanted to start a school. They're still raising kids themselves. So they got a vested interest not only in in their career, but in taking care of their own children. And so they were going to look, they were looking for, we were looking for a location around the Yuba Sutter area, but could not find one. So uh, in desperation, the church of glad tidings offered to temporarily house uh, what they call Epic E P E C Epic embassy, private educational center uh, at the church of glad tidings campus. So it's happening. And so you can get involved in it. There's still some spaces and uh, uh, you can reach them at epic, E-P-E-C, at churchofgladtidings.com, or you could dial them up at 671-3160, extension 247. You could go over to the website. tells you everything you need to know about it. Just go to the churchofgladtidings.com website, and then, again, hover your little cursor over uh, ministries, and it'll drop down Epic, or or it'll spell it out, Embassy Private Educational Center, and click on it. The page tells you everything. The pages that right there, how much it costs, what how the curriculum works, how many days a week, what time they start, what time they end, and how they go about it, and all that kind of stuff. How much the first kid costs, second kid, third kid, fourth kid, all that kind of stuff. So you can find out all there, and you can uh, you can enroll your kid. You can just fill out the form right on online and send it over there if you wish, or if you want to just chat with somebody, you can dial them up over there as well. So uh, very simple, epic, and that's uh, epic at churchofgladtidings.com, or you could go to the website and uh, and peruse it and kind of brainstorm it with your people. Okay, so I'm going to go down and uh, see if I can find a couple articles that I want to talk about the topics and what's going on with our public schools that honestly, every time I think I'm not going to be shocked anymore, I'm shocked again. And, uh, so, uh, let me just having a tough time just finding that all of a sudden, but I think I'll, I'll get there in a minute. So uh, anyway, let me just begin by saying that um, there's an effort in the public school system to indoctrinate your kids uh, in every way, into socialism, communism, into multiple genders, uh, into uh, non-biblical sexuality. Let me just see if I can find this last day. Okay, I'm close. Oh, by the way, did you know that uh, this this weekend, and I doubt that anybody at this late date could go, but there's going to be a major march at the Washington, D.C. Capitol grounds, starting at the Washington Memorial to, and going over to the Lincoln Memorial, I believe. Thousands are going to march against the COVID vaccine mandates. So that's that's happening. Um, I'll, I'll just tell you, Children's Health Defense Fund and its chairman, Robert Kennedy, will join organizations and individuals from around the U.S. for Defeat the Mandates. And it may be, it may be streamed. Uh, it was organized by Vaccine Safety Research Foundation along with Children's Health Defense. And, and a lot of other gr- groups, okay? So, um, 
anyway, it starts. There's all kinds of major speakers. It, Peter McCullough, Dale, Dale Bigtree, Robert Malone, Lara Logan, Dr. Paul Merrick, Dr. Pierre, doctor after doctor after doctor. It's unbelievable. Um, it's going to be emceed by comedian J.P. Sears. So I think it starts like it uh, starts at Washington Monument at 1030 in the morning at 1130. Participants will march peacefully from Washington Monument to Lincoln Memorial, approximately one mile, uh, where the program will start at 1230. So that's that. And uh, I'm going to sc- scroll on down here. I just stumbled across that that I wanted to mention to you. But I want to I want to talk about three things that are dealing with our children. OK, here we go. This is really important. It's just shocking. So parents watchdog group called Parents Defending Education, PDE, has warned that a school district in Minnesota is pushing transgender and pride books. Now, this is happening all over the country, but people are just discovering here, there and everywhere. They first were discovering it in Loudoun County, Virginia. That's where they just switched governors over this whole fight over the schools uh, to Yonkin. uh, Governor, they now have Governor Yonkin and and. uh, so he's stopping a lot of this nonsense, but they were pr- producing pornography for kids in the school system there and defending it and thought it was fine. So anyway, uh, they're pr- producing transgender and pride books and materials. They're giving it to children as young as three years old. This will amaze you what's what's here. The group, well, we're almost out of time here, too, for the first this third segment. Uh, the group warns that St. Paul Public Schools is allowing two separate organizations called AMAZE, that's acronym, and Outfront Minnesota to push materials on the school. Uh, one one books uh, one book is when Aiden became a brother. Right, he was a girl, then he became a brother, and then I love my colorful nails, but that's a boy about a boy, and then my princess boy. It's disgusting preschool kids. So uh, anyway, it shows uh, books are about young boys and girls transitioning to uh, the other gender or having feeling, having fe- having feeling that they are different to their biological gender. I'll I'll cover more in just a minute. We're going to come right back uh, for our fourth segment. can't hear me is that better is that yeah i can't i can't hear you either what kind of mask is that hey now when we go back into the school you need to follow your arrow okay you know your mask is not a parachute it's so don't put things in your mask that goes on your face and you don't go in her play circle that's that's her play circle that's your play circle you stay in your play circle okay everybody's in their own own play circle yeah, your mask is not a napkin, okay? Yeah, I can I can wipe down your desk if you need it wiped down. Just don't use your mask. Is it Jake? Yeah, Jake, it's not a slingshot. Okay, yeah, you don't. I need you three in the back to take your mask off of your head. They're, they're not hats, okay? Yeah, it doesn't go on your chin, okay? It goes on your, it goes over your nose. Not not here, not like this, okay? Over like this, can we do that? Can we? You can't, you can't touch his, his, his ball, okay? We're not sharing balls here. Nobody shares anybody's balls. Uh, Caitlin, you're not to share Sophia's mask. 
Yeah, we don't we don't trade masks. Is it Brecklin? Okay, Brecklin. We don't we don't chew on the mask. You don't need to chew it. It's not gum. No, we, we don't have gum. I don't have any gum. I don't lick your mask. No licking. Oh my gosh, no, no. You can take the mask off when you have your snack. Yeah, it's okay. Just take it off. Your mask is not a purse. Your mask is not a basket. Okay, I need everybody to line up six feet apart. Okay? This line's gonna go around the entire school. I need you to stop touching, stop touching your mask. I know, I, I keep touching my mask too. We need to wash hands. Wash hands, everybody wash hands. You need to put your mask back on. You feel like you're gonna pass out? Okay, take the mask off. Let's get you some water. Don't, don't color on your mask. Don't, yeah, no markers, no colors on the mask. No, your mask is not a Band-Aid. Do you need a Band-Aid? Let's not fling the mask. You don't need to fling it, okay? Yes, yeah, she does have a very pretty mask. It, it's not better than yours. Now I need to sanitize this. Where's the hand sanitizer? Anybody? Maybe next week we'll work on math or reading, English, history, science. Maybe next week. Now the pandemic windfall does not end with Big Pharma. You've got conmen, you've got scammers, hackers, all of them are making big bucks. But where are these bucks coming from? Well, if you're in America, it's coming from your pocket. And how much money are we talking about? Around $100 billion. Let me repeat, we're talking about a $100 billion COVID scam. Let me take you back to 2020. Every country was unveiling a COVID relief package. The economy needed support and governments obliged. We had subsidies, cash payments, loans for small businesses, different strategies basically in different countries. But the United States of America implemented the mother of all relief packages. Put together, they used, they used up $3.4 trillion. That was the size of their relief package, $3.4 trillion. To put that number in perspective, the entire GDP of Africa, the whole continent, is just $2.6 trillion. So America spent $1 trillion extra on stimulus. And you know what they say about big budgets? Big budgets, big leaks. In other words, corruption. Around 3% of the total budget was swindled, 3% of $3.4 trillion. Where exactly did this money go? Most of it was wrongly distributed by the government, around $87 billion in improper unemployment benefits. Basically, the wrong people got the money. What about the rest? Most likely gobbled up by scammers. Is anyone chasing this lost fortune? Right now, the Secret Service is on the job. They're the ones chasing it. But they've had little success so far. 900 active investigations, 100 arrests, and 95 criminal cases. That's where things stand. And it may seem like a lot, but money-wise, they haven't really recovered very much. Around $3.5 billion, that's all. And remember, this relief package was passed in March 2020. We're in December 2021. So 20 months later, less than 4% of the money has been recovered. In fact, there is no guarantee of complete success. Here's what the lead Secret Service investigator had to say, and I'm quoting, can we stop fraud? Will we? No. But I think we can definitely prosecute those that need to be prosecuted, and we can do our best to recover as much fraudulent pandemic funds that we can. Just a reminder, this was public money, not one or two million dollars, 3.4 trillion dollars of public money. Why was there so little scrutiny over its distribution? 
Isn't America supposed to be squeaky clean? Well, clearly not. This money was supposed to keep the U.S. economy afloat. It had three big objectives. Number one, $1,200 checks for most American adults. Number two, forgivable loans for small businesses. And number three, unemployment benefits. So good intentions, but poor implementation. The U.S. government did not check where this money was going or who was getting these loans. Was it really small businesses or conmen? Let me show you some examples. A businessman in Texas obtained $17 billion from the stimulus package, $17 billion. He had submitted 15 fraudulent documents to eight different lenders. Do you know what he did with this money? He bought multiple homes, paid off his mortgages, and purchased a fleet of luxury cars. Doesn't sound like a small business idea, does it? Here's another example. This one's from Florida. Another conman secured $3.9 million in loans. Guess what he spent it on? A Lamborghini sports car. Again, not really a small business idea. Example number three from Sussex County, New Jersey. This scammer managed to get a $5.6 million loan. All his applications were fake, but he still got the money. And what small business did he spend it on? He invested millions in the stock market, booked a luxury car, and transferred thousands of dollars to accounts in Pakistan. In all these three cases, the fraudsters were caught. They had a similar spending pattern, houses, luxury cars, stock market. But how many of these scams are yet to be unearthed? How many millions were wasted in the name of stimulus? These scams are an indictment of the American system. You can get millions with fake papers. You can fool the banks with fraudulent applications. Not a fine moment for a financial superpower, certainly, the so-called guardian of the global economy. And the scary part is, it could get worse. Under Joe Biden, America is entering an era of big spending. It's already signed a $1 trillion infrastructure bill. He's also negotiating a $2.2 trillion social security bill. Put together, that's another $3.2 trillion. In other words, around 10% of America's GDP. Now, don't get me wrong. More money is always good. A bigger budget means more social security. But monitoring this kind of money is extremely tough. You need an army of auditors, you need complete transparency, and most importantly, you need the political appetite to take on corruption. So far, the U.S. has failed miserably on that count. As one security expert put it, the stimulus package was a scammer's World Series and Super Bowl rolled into one. Okay, so I want to go on about these elementary book lessons. Uh, when Aiden became a brother and um, recommended four and up discussion questions in journals, uh, the handout also contains suggested activities for children labeled social, emotional learning, and anti-bias education. Uh, and then there's another handout that advises teachers to ask students for name, their name and their pronouns. What pronoun do they want? Do I want to go by he today or she today and refer students to the name general gender change request form. So kids that age can put in a request to be switched from he to her or he, her to he or him. And, uh, anyway, I won't go through what, what the, uh, 
it's obviously perverted. There's no need to just spend a lot. Of, if you want to look it up, I'm giving you the titles, okay? So in, in this general inclusion thing, it says uh, down at the bottom, it says that uh, ask students for names and pronouns. So I already told you that. Refer students to the name, gender, change, request form, make spaces, uh, avoid binary speech such as boys and girls. Don't refer to the class as boys and girls or you guys, right? Highlight lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer people in the curriculum. This is what you're being taught. It's not freaking me out. I've read too much of it. I know what's going on. I would not put my kids in this school if I had kids starting all over. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. They're, first of all, they're not educating them. They're they're telling them that America is an evil place when they're all making like $150,000 or $100,000 a year teachers. It's unbelievable the blessing that they're having in their lives, and they call America an evil place. So uh, out front, Minnesota's website it promotes schemes that provide free chest binders for folks 24 and under and for any trans person who needs one and cannot afford or safely obtain one. Uh, anyway, it just goes on and on and on. Um, talking about testing students, convincing students to change their view on sexuality. Uh, it, it just, it's, it's just tragic. So uh, it's interesting. They contrast another country. Hungary passed a law banning showing children LGBTQ propaganda and cracked down on pedophilia. Listen, people, this is what's going on. We have major pedophilia problems in politics. Political figures that you probably respect are pedophiles. So the other thing that's going on in California is unvaccinated kids. Our kids in California have been abused for two years. <coughs> and uh, they've been treated like prisoners. Many have killed themselves. Many have turned to drugs. Many have dropped out. Many have just completely failed a majority have completely failed in, in their academics. So uh, this story here, uh, kids that were unvaccinated uh, at a Los Angeles school were corralled behind police tape. In other words, they created a, a corral, cordoned off an area with police tape outside on the school grounds by the vice principal, and they were held there and labeled unvaccinated. The New West Charter School... They were forced to choose between inadequate online education or in-person learning that they refused to get and they refused to get vaccinated. When students attempted to return to school after winter break with negative COVID-19 test results, they were corralled behind tape uh, in spite of their negative test results. Six students returned uh, and were told that the negative COVID tests were insufficient. They were subsequently placed in a designated unvaxxed area and, uh, they were uh, ultimately the police were called, right? Two students, Ella and uh, two, two Ellas, actually, uh, filmed the whole thing. They were pretty sharp, and uh, they, they tried to follow all the rules. They had the negative COVID test, and it just wasn't good enough. So uh, anyway, they said, we made a peaceful protest. And uh, they, do, they recorded themselves. The police came. 
said we we're being threatened to be suspended because we don't have a COVID-19 shot. We've been closed off by this caution tape like thing. We're being segregated from the rest of school. Anyway, they record the whole thing. Then we have schools in Philadelphia and other areas that teachers have, because as you can imagine with young children, they're moving the masks, they're touching the masks. The mask is below the nose. The mask is above, up on the forehead, over the head. So they have one teacher that, that taped the mask. It's been a couple teachers around the country. They just took tape and they taped the mask to the cheeks of the kid. And, and it got it of course it got videoed and then they're having a big uproar about it in those in those areas i'm just telling you that it's uh it's a disaster in our public school school systems it's just a a complete disaster what when i've just recently in the last three to four days learned how how massive the amounts of money had has been given to the public schools. And I thought, what for? They didn't do any teaching. They just gave it to unions. And uh, by the way, there I have another, I don't know whether I can even find it. They got so much money. They got so school stock. Oh, here's another one. I got I to do this one. I, I got to do this one before I, I play this other clip. The schools in this one group, Okay, it's right here. In this one area, the schools were teaching kids how to pray to Aztec gods. Now, those, uh, this is in California. And the Thomas More Society represented the Californians for Equal Rights Foundation, which filed a lawsuit. The state agreed eventually to pay the Thomas More Society, pay their legal fees of $100,000 and stop forcing kids or teaching kids how to how to pray to uh, Aztec gods, and it involved Aztec human sacrifices. And uh, Thomas More said they seek blessings from and intercession of these demonic forces. The school system instructed students to chant the prayers for emotional nourishment after a lesson that may be emotionally taxing or even when student engagement may appear to be low. So when, when kids were kind of getting funky, instead of sending them out to run around the track, they, they called out to these Aztec gods. And uh, so there was a lawsuit find, filed. Um, this The representative for Thomas More Society, they say we will aggressively pursue civil litigation against any local school district. It violates the constitution incorporates these Aztec prayers into, um, into the school system. It's just unbelievable. It just, when I read this stuff, it just, it's beyond, uh, you know, I had a, a grandmother had me look at some curriculum about Muslims in our community, uh, you know, Muslim curriculum in our school system is system. And, and you, you know, you just have to be vigilant every day. There's just new things every day. You think, oh, when is it ever going to be over? I don't think it's ever going to be over. You either got to embrace the fight or you're going to get run over, right? So I'm going to play this uh, next clip. It's the second half of the Stu Peters, Carrie Madej interview uh, on monoclonal antibodies and what is in the jab anyway. Right now, we'll start. 
this is something that is brand new. It needs to be investigated. So we, we don't have knowledge on this yet. It's, it's purely experimental. Mm. So what we don't have as well is accurate reporting on these bioweapon jabs that are being falsely pushed to the public by the media, by everybody as safe and effective vaccines. And we learned from Thomas Renz and the CMS database that some people die, you know, within hours of getting these shots, some within 24, 48 hours, and then some obviously is going to be more long term. Do you anticipate that we're going to see throughout the winters this antibody dependent enhancement and other things that are going to be years down the line where the death toll is going to dramatically increase from these shots that people are getting and then now these boosters and pretty soon it'll be instead of going to church, you just every Sunday you go get your injection and pray to the Fauci lords. Uh, are these people going to do you think start experiencing more adverse events as the more injections that they get? Absolutely, 100 um, percent seeing that uh, with the patients that are saying that they're getting these injections. And also we know that um, a lot of the oncologists are saying they're seeing an explosion of cancers happening right now. And the only um, correlation they have are the people that are getting these injections. Um, there has been um, a genetic engineer, nanotech engineer that took some samples of some of these vials, falsely called vaccines, and they put them in with some human cells. And they said that the rate of growth was unbelievable. They've never seen this before, which means they can expect them to induce more cancers that are aggressive in the future. This is the um, um, hypothesis you can make when you see that. So there's many inferences that, yes, we will see a lot of cancers happening. So you recently got together with some uh, documentary people that were shooting uh, on these on these jabs. And we got an email from you that you have images here and that you have examined the kid vax, the child jab. Uh, and, and I believe that you said that this was Pfizer, right? What did you, what can you tell us about this? Um, well, this particular Pfizer vial came from uh, the region of Florida. And I'm saying those things because I myself, as I examine vials, I see differences between them, between what state they come from, what batch they come from. They're not uniform. That should really make everybody very worried because this is, this is not the same what each person is getting. And there's been reports of hot batches of people getting things um, that seem to hurt more people in one batch than another. And Anyhow, just to be clear, that's, that's the because they is. are performing the lethal dose experiment on humans right now. That's what they're doing. They're giving this thing to millions of people and conducting their lethal yeah. dose experiment on humans and on children and on mothers and fathers and husbands and brothers yeah. and cousins because they didn't do it on animals. That's why this is happening. And oh. yeah, we've been tracking these lots. And uh, you can go, by the way, to how bad is it? Uh, dot org, I believe it is, and see, or how bad is my batch? I don't know. I'll put it in the on the screen, but I don't know if you're familiar with what this is. Yeah, it's it's horrifying to see this, and there are more people with some databases. Um, I'll send you another database that anyone could go on to look at these batches to see what they're doing. Anyhow, this one came from Florida, and um, looking at it under the microscope, uh, we with the greatest reset. This is a documentary that will be out soon. The producers were there watching and map and um, documenting how this was performed. Um, there was some silicon looking wafer uh, substances that I observed, we observed. Um, they're iridescent, kind of a rainbowish color. When you see those, um, they can actually be stacked upon one another and they can actually form like a, a chip um, in the body. That, that's a possibility. I'm just saying this is what I'm seeing and what is in the ingredient list. It doesn't look like anything 
that should look like that. Um, Graphene-like substances were inside um, of this vial um, that was apparent through some many images. Also, um, this uh, some of them looked like familiar to like water parasite, uh, some structures from that as well, yeah. different um, life stages. So, um, and then also there was a, some ring-like structures, which everybody keeps saying they're air bubbles and they're not. Um, these structures would actually enlarge over time and get some um, malformations in the outside of the bubble and something would extrude out from them. So, um, yeah, there was, there was a lot of different uh, objects seen in there that should not be in there according to their ingredient list. And um, these are being put in our children. You know, it's one thing, Stu, that an adult makes their decision what they do with their body. Fine. That's right. Yeah. But these are children. These are children. And our, all of these people that we're paying taxpayer money to that are supposed to be for our health and wellness and benefit are failing miserably their, their jobs. Why are we supporting this tragedy and this genocide any longer. I, yeah, I, who, whose parents are leading words. these kids out of a fear campaign perpetuated by the media and all of this advertising. These parents are leading their kids directly to this shop because they're fearing this virus that virtually affects no kids whatsoever. They do virtually nothing to spread it at all. These kids are in no danger. And now it's not enough that we're just muzzling them with these oxygen inhibiting bacteria growing masks all day long. I mean, didn't we learn from the Spanish flu? Wasn't there all kinds of bacteria? Uh, and we found out that what was making people sick was these stupid cloth masks. And now we're doing this to our kids. But now this injection, what is this? What, what are these things, these images? What are we looking at here? Do you have any idea what this is other than something that is not supposed to be in there according to the manufacturers who are out and out just lying to everybody? Well, if you're looking at these parts that are inside of there, these are parts that could potentially be used for, you know, superconducting materials to be, um, you can actually have inside the human body, an artificial construct, an artificial intelligence construct, meaning in other words, you wouldn't really need your cell phone so much anymore. You could actually eventually have something like that inside of your human body. That's called transhumanism, human 2.0. Um, the World Economic Forum says all of us will do this by in eight years. They have eight years time frame for all humans to have something inside of us, an artificial intelligence. So if that's their plan and all these world leaders are behind it, how do it, how do they get there? They have to do something to us, right? And this is the perfect mechanism, injecting some of these materials that over time that could form an artificial construct that could be a wireless um, modality that you, your body could be wirelessly connected to anything that's electronic around you, your phone, another person's phone, satellites, street lamps, your microwave, whatever. Um, this is a plan and people need to realize that perhaps we've been lied to and perhaps there's another reason why people are getting shots and perhaps it has to do with the eight-year plan that the, the, these world leaders have for everybody. Um, okay, so talk to talk about chain of custody on this vial, uh, and whether or not what you did can be replicated and how it was documented and all these other things, what kind of a microscope you were looking under for all the detractors, you know, that are going to say that this was done inappropriately. Yeah. Um, this came from um, verifiable source, I can't say the source to protect them, but it is from Florida, the southern region of Florida. And this was um, hand delivered to me, it was always in my possession. 
and it was kept um, freezing temperatures the entire time. It was only thawed when I went to um, the location where the Greatest Reset was filming in Georgia, and they filmed the entire, um, you know, opening the vial, cleaning the slides, you know, cleaning the microscope. This was a compound microscope also with, um, uh, it went up to 600 times magnification and a video microscope. And um, there were three of us there the entire time, you know, examining it, watching how the, um, watching how the, the cleanliness of the slides, everybody says, oh, the slides weren't cleaned, but, you know, we did this over and over again. We checked um, even with blood samples with these, with, uh, with these vials to see the interaction. And, and I believe they'll have some of that information on their, their documentary, The Greatest Reset, watching what happens to human blood once a drop of this injection hits it, um, there are changes that happen within about five minutes to the blood. Unbelievable. So, um, you know, it, of course, that's a concentrated amount, but we still need to know this is not normal. This is not normal and we're being lied to. So if this is not normal and we're being lied to. Why are we going forward? Why are we going forward with this? And now we have the children involved. Enough is enough to be human is to care for another human's life is to protect the weaker and the more fragile, is to protect the sacredness of life. If we lose those morals, then humanity is over. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better. Um, thank you for bringing these to us, and we hope that this will be shared all over the place. Don't lead your kids to this stuff. Uh, Dr. Carrie Miday, thank you so much. We appreciate your bravery and uh, all of your research. You're saving a lot of lives. Thank, thank you, Stu. It's always my pleasure and my duty to be here. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of our uh, <clears throat> fourth segment. I wanted to mention uh, North Valley Paralegal that helps us here and Nellie Garcia. I used to think uh, that you had to go to an attorney when you needed some legal work done. And I realized that most legal work can be done by a paralegal very easily. And they do a great job. They do it cheaper and they do it faster. And they're many times much easier to get into and, and uh, see. And so uh, she does great work, and I, I'm in contact with her all the time. And you can reach out to her at 751 Sutter Street, Yuba City. You can dial her up at 530-751-9289 for any of your legal needs. Uh, let's see, what else did I want to say here about that? Uh, oh, she's, you know, uh, the Thrifty Rooter is looking for plumbers. I mentioned them last uh, segment. And North Valley Paralegal is looking for people that they can train to be paralegal people. So if you're looking for an office job and are interested in legal uh, and you're not ready to go to law school or something like that, but you're interested in starting and going down that path and learning uh, how to do what she does, that's how she started, uh, you can give her a call and say, hey, you heard it, uh, heard Lou talking about needing some workers and see if you could... Uh, Hook up there, 751-9289. you got to add 530 in front. North Valley Paralegal, 751 Sutter Street, right between the two bridges, between the two cities of Mary's on Yuba City, 10th and 5th Street Bridge. She's right up towards the 10th Street Bridge on Sutter Street. We'll be right back for our fifth segment.
Our government is out of control, and they are lawless. They completely disregard bioethics. They completely disregard the federal common rule. They have broken all the rules that I know of, that I've been trained on for years and years and years. These mandates are explicitly inconsistent with the Nuremberg Code. They're explicitly inconsistent with the Belmont Report. They are flat out illegal and they don't care. When you see this kind of decoupling of public policy from logic, then it causes thinking people to say, what the hell's going on here? And then we go down the rabbit hole, is it this, that, or the other thing? One of the things in that spectrum of what's going on is that the emergency use authorizations are predicated on policy determinations that were in a state of emergency. Those are now two years old. They're expiring. I'm not saying this is what's going on in their head, but there is another perverse incentive here to amplify the fear porn and to amplify, if you buy into the hypothesis that for some reason there are incentives for the government to maintain the state of emergency, that is one explanation given that those declarations are expiring and will have to be re-implemented. Because if they're not, then all of this emergency use authorization vanishes like dust. It's hard for me to reconcile the behavior of the government and its public health decisions with the data. Is it incompetence? Or is there some ulterior political motive? Or are they just dumb stupid? We're in an environment in which truth and consequences are fungible. This is modern media management and warfare. The truth is what those that are managing the Trusted News Initiative say it is. In my case, I'm the president of the International Alliance of Physicians and Scientists. We are over 16,000 people from all over the world, physicians and scientists. And you can find our website at globalcovidsummit.org. We are gobsmacked about what's going on. And we are shut down, censored, demeaned, fill in the blank, all over the world. And they're taking our licenses because we are speaking about these matters. And you can label me however you want to label me. I don't care. I've done what I've done in my career. I'm at a stage at 62 years old. I've got a farm. It's almost paid off. I raise horses. I love my wife. You know, I've been married a long time. My kids are both married. I got grandkids. You know, I don't need this. There's this claim, I'm doing all this because I seek attention. Trust me, this is not a fun thing to be doing at this stage. Physicians at FLCCC, in senior positions, Peter McCullough, people at the culmination of uh, exceptional careers, Paul Merrick, an exceptional physician by any standards, run out of his hospital, demeaned, destroyed, actively attacked, trying to take his license. People are losing faith in the whole system. They're losing faith in the scientific enterprise. They're losing faith in our government. I like to say when I give rallies, 
Do you remember back a couple of years ago when you felt sorry for the people in the People's Republic of China because their internet was filtered, they weren't allowed free speech, their government told them what to do and think? Now, here we are. And the next thing that we all feel sorry about, social credit system. Wake up, folks. Your big bust of gas prices, that's got to be hurting you. The gas, oh, gas is unbelievable. Yeah. I actually seen a street gang doing a walk by. It is expensive. Yeah. Now, I guess it's averaged out now, $3 a gallon yeah, around the country. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't buy wine for $3 a gallon. <laughs> So it's That'd be crazy. Yeah. Uh, it'd be nuts. <laughs> yeah. But uh, buddy of mine's anniversary's coming up. He can't decide whether to get her diamond earrings or ten gallons unleaded. So. <laughs> Okay, I wanted to mention to you that, um, uh, let's see, you should really connect to the Children's Health, childrenshealthdefense.org, childrenshealthdefense.org. That's Robert Kennedy's website. It's just not him alone. He has a whole staff of uh, researchers, uh, lawyers. Uh, doctors uh, working for Children's Health Defense. That's it's now an international organization, but uh, they have an article. They have great writers, by the way, there, and they have had an article that says how billions of dollars in COVID stimulus funds led to dangerous, tyrannical policies in U.S. public schools. So when we started arguing with the public schools about, hey, uh, you know, we we need to go come back to school. Hey. Uh, We need to get rid of the mask. Hey, this social distancing. Hey, 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 hey. And we thought we were going to be able to reason with the trustees. When I say they, I'm talking about a lot of community members. I didn't have much confidence in it because the trustees are mere puppets of the union. And uh, they don't have much decision-making power, although they appear that like they do. They vote on stuff. But the the uh, the decisions are really already made. But people went in complaining, complaining, complaining because their kids were freaking out, being locked down, all that kind of stuff. They've been treating like treated like cattle, uh, being injected and and harassed and tested and temperature checked. So to get these billions of dollars, I'm talking about billions per state, and California's probably got the most, but certainly. Tens of millions of dollars, even for rural counties. The CDC's regressive, aggressive recommendations include this. Enforce universal and correct wearing a mask. Physically modifying schools to facilitate distancing. Ensuring respiratory etiquette and hand washing, uh, like with carcinogenic sanitizers. Implementing strenuous cleaning protocols to maintain healthy facilities. Facilitating contact tracing in combination with isolation and quarantine. Conducting testing, both screening and diagnosis, helping along by additional resources from a federal 
CDC Rockefeller Foundation partnership, Rock, they're, they're, they're dirty dogs, Rockefeller Foundation, and set up screening, et cetera, coordinating with state and local officials, engaging in efforts to promote vaccinations to school communities. Now, this article talks about how the schools have taken on and been cheerleaders, not for football, not for basketball, but to get injected. So that's why when my friend took a photo on her phone of the Harmony Health big van, and she stopped over there to ask, because Harmony Health is a, is a, a clinic uh, for generally a lot of poor people go there. They even have a birthing area there. But all of a sudden, they have this van on campus at the Marisol High School campus. So my my uh, friend stopped in there and just said, hey, what, what's, what are you doing out of this van, right? Because it could be pregnancy testing. It could be all kinds of stuff, right? They said, oh, we're here to give shots. Well, that's what's going on is that they're getting funding from the schools or from the health department to go out and inject kids and adults as many as they can. That's their mission is to have a fully injected populace where we'll be relying on boosters every six months. Uh, so uh, that uh, that's what's going on. Now, let me tell you about what's going on with your HVAC, you know, HVAC heating and air conditioning, right? So some of the money that they're getting can be used in HVAC systems. You think, what? (laughs) More than 40% of school districts plan to spend some of their ESSER funding, that's this COVID funding, on improvements to heating, ventilation, air conditioning. Okay, you want to, oh, what, are they just going to clean the filters? No, 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 no. This raises a potential red flag, says Kennedy's group. In light of the EPA, that's the Environmental Protection Agency's authorization in February 2021, they gave a public health emergency exemption to use a hazardous nanoparticle-based air treatment called Grignard, or Grignard, Pure, G-R-I-G, Grig, N-A-R-D, that's one word, Grignard, probably pronounced Grignard, Pure. Dispersal of the chemical authorized for indoor use in public spaces, just like the emergency use authorization for your shots that aren't any good and they're killing people. It says dispersal of chemical authorized for indoor use in public spaces occurs primarily in duct via HVAC system. In other words, they're going to vaporize. They're going to shoot this chemical in the air that's going to be dropping into your classrooms. Uh, they're going to use it, uh, government facilities, healthcare facilities, food processing facilities, public transit facilities, like in a bus. Like you get on the bus, you may be getting sprayed. Is this amazing or what? Uh, so schools and school buses fit under government facilities. The EPA initially green-lighted Grenard Pure in just two states, Georgia and Tennessee. It added four more states, Maryland, Nevada, and Pennsylvania, Texas, last July. The manufacturer's website indicates that application for public health emergency exemption are pending in another 15 states. Uh, EPA's vague wording, uh, worded list of indoor spaces seemed to preclude use of the chemical and facilities not on the list. 
Let me go down here and talk about the chemical, which, you know, honestly, people, you just think, oh, we can just spray this over kids and, and they'll breathe. Oh, well, all these people will have made their money and retired before these kids get cancer or something, right? So uh, this supposed virus-killing active ingredient is called tri- triethylene glycol, T-E-G for short, triethylene glycol, a chemical whose prior claim to fame was its use in theatrical fog machines. Shortly before EPA reached its upbeat decision to approve TEG, the UK's advisory group for emergencies recommended against TEG's use as a viricide due to its limited effectiveness and potential health effects for those exposed over a long period of time. After World War II and in the early 50s, there was an attempt to deploy TEG for air disinfection purposes in school settings. However, uh, they decided not to do it. I'm going to go on down here. So in Berkeley, California, there's a lab, Indoor Air Quality Scientific Findings Resource Bank. They, you know, if a Berkeley lab expresses multiple concerns, I would pay attention to it. They're about as liberal as you can get to use in, in for air disinfectants. Berkeley Group also warned TAG could react with other indoor chemicals, including common disinfectants, lead to additional and perhaps unexpected adverse health reactions, including toxic effects on the human airway epithelial cells of your airway. It, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that on one hand, they're protecting you from a, a fake virus with a mask. And at the same time, they're spraying chemicals up your nose. And by the way, there's ethylene oxide on the end of every one of those, uh, testing swabs, ethylene oxide, look up ethylene oxide. It's a cancer causing chemical. So, uh, then they have, a year ago, the Defender, this letter from Children's Health Defense, they reported a year ago that TEG is a chemical cousin to and sometimes component of PEG, polyethylene glycol, a synthetic non-degradable polymer of questionable biocompatibility. It's often associated with adverse immune responses, including anaphylaxis. You ever heard of anaphylaxis reactions where you can't breathe? Both Pfizer and Moderna jabs use PEG to make their RNA carrier systems work. On and on and on it goes. I, I, don't, I don't have time to keep up with this uh, anymore. I got lots more to talk about. Plus, I want to play you a clip right now from Gravitas Plus. It's a great television channel. I, I just catch it on YouTube. I just stumbled across it. It's an Indian channel. And it's how big pharma pushes dangerous drugs and reach profits. It's a very interesting uh, clip. Okay, here we go. Who do you think decides whether you live or die? Most of you would say it's fate. But in our world, a pandemic-ridden world, it's big pharma. A bunch of companies that make vaccines and medicines, they decide who lives and who dies. And that makes them dangerously powerful. Let me explain how. 
Omicron cases are rising. There is talk of vaccines and boosters. By all indications, booster shots will be a regular feature in our lives. And we know who stands to gain. Big Pharma, they're rolling in money, they're blackmailing governments, they're fueling inequity, they're setting arbitrary terms and conditions, jacking up prices, pushing secret deals, and yet we have little choice but to take their vaccines. That is the kind of power they wield, which is why I say, in today's world, Big Pharma decides whether you live or die. How did they acquire this power? How dangerous can they be? And why is no government stopping them? That's what we'll discuss today. Hello and welcome to Gravitas Plus. I'm Palki Sharma Upadhyay and I have some stories for you. We'll start with the story of Martin Shakreli. This man, he used to be America's most hated man. What did he do? Sold this drug, Daraprim, an important weapon in the fight against malaria. Also another serious infection caused by HIV. There was a time when this drug, Daraprim, cost $13.50. Then Martin Shakreli entered the scene. He bought the manufacturing license for Daraprim and jacked up prices by 5,000%. You heard that right, 5,000. So the medicine that sold for $13.50 started selling for $750. People were furious. Patients, doctors, lawmakers, everyone protested. But Shakreli could not care less. I know you're smiling, but I'm very serious, sir. And I truly believe, I truly believe are you listening? Yes. Eventually, the law prevailed. Shakreli was convicted for securities fraud, sent to seven years in jail. Recently, he paid $40 million to settle allegations of price gouging. And this is a man who did not even make drugs for a living. He managed a hedge fund. When asked about the price gouging, he said, I would have raised the prices higher and made more profits. Now, you have to understand where he comes from. As a head fund manager, his primary duty was to make money for his investors. Shakreli was driven by profit. He represented a system, a system that puts profits above lives, a system that wants to make money off illnesses, and a system that influences everyone. I'm talking about Big Pharma. They have unrivaled power, the power to push dangerous drugs into the market, the power to influence politicians and regulators, and the power to maximize profits at the cost of patients. How does Big Pharma do this? With tools like misinformation. Case in point, America's opioid epidemic. What is an opioid? It is a painkiller. It affects you just like heroin. It blocks the feeling of pain, which is why it is habit-forming. It's easy to get hooked to opioids. Earlier, doctors in the U.S. kept a tight watch on opioid prescriptions. But in the 1990s, Big Pharma sensed an opportunity. They began pushing an idea, a simple idea. They said, opioids are not addictive. Big Pharma sent sales representatives to doctors across the U.S. Their mission was quite simple. Convince doctors, make them prescribe heavier doses of opioids. The masters of this art were Purdue Pharma. Their opioid drug was called... Oxycontin. Purdue claimed Oxycontin did not cause addiction. It was a lie. Purdue never held a trial to prove Oxycontin was less addictive, and doctors did not bother to check. Here's what happened next. In 1997, doctors were writing 670,000 prescriptions for Oxycontin. By 2002, that number shot up to 6.2 million prescriptions every year. 6.2 million, nearly 10 times more. Purdue was making money hand over fist. Just one drug, OxyContin, generated more than $30 billion in revenue for this company. 
Purdue weren't the only ones pushing opioids. Companies like Johnson & Johnson and Teva Pharmaceutical Industries were making opioid drugs too. The crisis reached its peak in 2012. Doctors in the U.S. wrote 255 million prescriptions for opioid pain relievers in one year. Thousands of people got addicted. From 1999 to 2016, more than 450,000 Americans died from opioid overuse. And the crisis is far from over. Nearly 71,000 drug overdose deaths in 2019 involved an opioid. Purdue Pharma, the company that fueled this epidemic, got away with a slap on the wrist. When it faced thousands of lawsuits, the company declared bankruptcy. Its owners, the Slacker family, had to pay just a fine. No jail time for fueling an epidemic. Instead, they were given immunity. The slackers piggybacked off the bankruptcy. Before declaring bankruptcy, in fact, they shifted close to $11 billion in cash out of Purdue. When the settlement was finalized, they paid just $4.5 billion. What a convenient exit. Can it be worse than this? Yes, it can. Big Pharma has the influence to push unproven cures with some help from their regulator friends. And that's exactly what happened in the case of Aduhelm. Last year, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved this drug. Aduhelm is made by a company called Biogen. It was sold as a landmark treatment for Alzheimer's. The treatment was introduced at a price of $56,000 a year. Does it even work? There is little evidence that it does. The drug was first assessed by an FDA advisory committee. This committee has 11 members. None of them wanted this drug approved. Now, usually the FDA just goes along with these advisors, but in this case, it did not. To their surprise, Aduhelm was approved. Turns out, Biogen had a close relationship with the FDA. Its officials met with the FDA several times before the decision day, and the drug was approved, even though there wasn't enough evidence that it works. What was the rationale behind this approval? It is not clear. Three FDA advisors resigned in protest over the controversial approval. Here is what one of the advisors said about the resignation. I did not think that the firm recommendations from the committee in this case were appropriately integrated into the decision-making process. So instead of listening to its own advisors, did the FDA choose to trust a drug manufacturer? Federal officials have launched an investigation into what really happened. The FDA is supposed to be a watchdog for the pharma industry. Should it maintain such a close relationship with companies, it is supposed to police. The fact is, a large chunk of the FDA's funding comes from the industry. How much? 45% of their entire budget. How can the FDA remain impartial when it is getting paid by Big Pharma? But American lawmakers are still letting this system continue because Big Pharma has bought influence in the U.S. Congress too. Big Pharma bankrolls American politicians. In the 2020 election, the world's biggest pharma companies wrote checks to 356 lawmakers. As much as $11 million was given out as campaign contribution, more money is being spent on lobbying. In the last 23 years, the pharma and health products industry has spent close to $5 billion on lobbying. And sustained lobbying has its rewards. By law, big pharma can set prices off their drugs. There is no scope for negotiation. Big Pharma can charge whatever rates it likes. What happens when some lawmakers try to break this monopoly? Big Pharma strikes back. Look at this. Politicians say they want to negotiate medicine prices in Medicare. But make no mistake, what politicians mean is that they'll decide which medicines you can and can't get. Call Congress. Tell them not to play doctor with your medicine. Paid for by Pharma.
Keep the competition out, set the prices of your product, influence policymakers, and hire an army of lawyers and lobbies to fight back any challenge. There is only one business that closely resembles this description. Drug cartels. Drug companies and drug suppliers are operating by a dictionary definition of a cartel. There is no other way to describe them. Big Pharma is the new drug mafia. All right, before we go on to our, our uh, last segment of the uh, uh, this episode, I wanted to mention Monty Hecker with uh, Elite Universal Security and, and more and more today with the, the laws the way they are and police can't do their job. Legislation has minimized the penalties on crimes. We need more and more security, and it looks like the way we're getting it is through private security firms. A lot of the crimes now, uh, if you come home and your house is burgled, uh, you just report it online. It's unbelievable. So you can get a hold of Elite Universal Security, and they will address the issues and help you uh, protect, keep what is yours, yours. And... uh, and you can also work for them if you want. You can either get a job there or they can do a job for you. So 530-749-0280. They do all kinds of security for businesses, for government, for individuals, for residences. They can help solve problems where you're missing things. Things are just coming up missing. Uh, they can also help you get a concealed weapons permit. They can treat teach you how to become uh, a guard and get you the right certificates and licenses and training. Uh, also for you that maybe got some chemical sprays or uh, taser systems and all that, you want to learn how to use it, they have classes on that. Anyway, they're, they're serving all throughout Northern California. Uh, even though they're based here in Yuba County, they serve many counties throughout California, Northern California. And so you may be living in a county two counties away from us, Placer County, Nevada County, Calusa County, and and you may stumble into them over there, and you could work right there where you live, and they will train you online and over here. So seven four nine zero two eight zero with a five three zero area code. Okay, we're going to take a break and come back for our last segment. Emerging now on the Texas synagogue siege, we can confirm that the man who held Jewish people hostage was, in fact, British. Right. His name was Malik Faisal Akram, which is very British. Oh, right. The FBI says that this attack, this synagogue siege, had nothing to do with the Jewish community and wasn't specifically targeted at Jewish people, despite it happening in a synagogue and Jewish people being attacked. Sure. Yeah, sure thing. Raging lefties have said that what we need to be careful of at this time is white supremacists and Islamophobia. No, mm, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, 
Nobody in this room really believes that obesity is a disease. I mean, where do you folks think I caught this? Got too close to a fat person. They sneezed. Now I got it. Hey, don't misunderstand now. I never, never, never make fun of anyone for being overweight. That's part of my heritage. <laughs> I just poke fun of the mannerisms, the habits, the way they talk. And we've all known these people, you know, like an aunt or a cousin. You know, the one that's still like four foot eight, but topped out at 385. <laughs> It should go like a... Holy. Lord, Lord, Lord. I don't know why in the world my feet hurt like they do. And I'm thinking, I'll take a stab at it. But God bless those people. I had an aunt. She was to be 88. She was to be 88 years. Big, big woman. You know, big woman. And she would talk like this. She would go. I don't know why I'm always so out of breath. <laughs> and I would say, because. <laughs> Most things your size has an engine. <laughs> There must be some kind of way out of here Say the joker to the thief There's too much confusion I can't get no relief Businessman there to drink my wine Come and dig my earth All right, welcome back. Uh, let me just mention a couple others, and then we'll, we'll move on to the meat of the day about folks that are supporting us. Dave Greenitz, talking to him this week. He's helped. We're all working on a on a nonprofit project for a Church of Glad Tidings, some housing for young people being trained. And uh, Dave was going to come over and look at some things to repair for me, and he he's under the weather. You know that term, under the weather. Now we can't be under the weather anymore. We have to have a doctor stick something up our nose and uh, report it to the health department. How dare we ever be under the weather? It's like not permitted anymore. So uh, anyway, Greenest Construction is some of the premier, is the premier in Yuba Sutter County's uh, kitchen and bath uh, remodeling operator, and they do superb work. You and, and I just say, hey, don't take my word for it. Go look at it. And you, you don't even have to leave your couch. You can just open your laptop or maybe even your phone, and go to Greenitz, Green with E-T-Z on the end, greenitzconstruction.com. And uh, you can look at the, the work they're doing there. and Or you could go to the Facebook page at Dave Greenitz Construction. And you could check it out there as well. You can communicate off those platforms with him. Or if you, you're old school, you can dial him up or text him at 530 you may have to, he'll get to you and take a look at your project right away, but you may have to wait a little bit. They've got several crews 
that are doing one kitchen, one bath after another, knocking them out, boom, 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 boom. But uh, he's worth the wait. You know, sometimes it's just worth waiting for the best. So check that out. Okay, and finally, the uh, plumbing doctor, Ted Holmes, we're all buddies, Dave Green, it's Ted Holmes and I, and uh, he has a plumbing doctor as well as a couple other businesses. He's also looking for workers. The plumbing doctor is in Yuba Sutter counties and, and does all types of plumbing that you can imagine, any type of plumbing you can imagine. You can reach him at 530-671-9111, 530-671-9111, and they'll come out any old day you want. But uh, they they like to keep it Monday through Friday. But sometimes plumbing doesn't want to work by the Monday through Friday. So you just have to deal with it on the weekend. So they will come if you want them. Okay? So, all right. Let me, uh, I want to talk a couple, a couple more things here if I can get my cursor working. Where is that cursor at? I need to move my screen around and get down to... Did you realize that a lot of businesses, I don't know what triggered it. Do you think the Supreme Court's decision that you can't mandate people to get the jab? Do you know they made two decisions, right? <clears throat> one is uh, one is that you can't mandate people to get the jab. The ne next thing they did is they said, well, you can if you're in the medical field, if you're serving in the medical field, then they can. Now, that's just totally ridiculous, and that's just like the Dred Scott decision where they said you could have slaves, it's legal to have slaves, or the decision in 1973 when they said it's legal to kill a human being as long as it's in the, in the womb of a, a woman, right? So this is another one of those stupid decisions, and this is why that we follow the Constitution. We do not follow the Supreme Court, right? We do not follow them. That's not the way to do it. You need to know the Constitution and know what you stand on. Will it cost you to follow the Constitution instead of like some of this mumbo-jumbo? Yep. It will cost you sometimes. Sometimes you'll lose your job over it, and that's what's happening in the medical profession. So uh, all, all of a sudden, in the last couple of weeks, various countries and various businesses have been changing their tune on all their strict enforcement of all these mandates. So England, uh, the president of England, the prime minister, they call him Boris Johnson. Uh, he kept getting caught at, they call it number 10 Downey street, right? That's the presidential palace, I guess, number 10 Downey. So that's where he lives. And he kept getting caught partying. I guess he likes to party having parties uh, where people were drinking alcohol and maybe smoking some weed or doing whatever they do over there in England. and uh, But nobody had masks on, and nobody was social distancing. You remember the uh, French Laundry where Gavin Newsom was hammering everybody in the state over all these rules, and yet he didn't follow any rules at the French Laundry. Well, Boris Johnson kept getting caught, so finally he's up for re-election, right? We're all coming up to the election, right? You think the election might have something to do with how dangerous COVID is and these six-foot rules and these masks and these uh, washing your hands and these jabs and all? I think that might, you know, Biden's coming up for uh, 
or not Biden, but the mid, what they call the midterms. That's the term that the, the election between the two presidential elections. So the 22nd, 2022 midterms. So we have those, and then Boris Johnson's up for a reelection. And so Boris Johnson says that he's lifting all the restrictions, the mask mandates, work from, and they're, they're going to allow people to come back to the office. All, he's going to lift all that work from home guidance. That's going to be removed. Um, self-isolation rules, uh, standing six feet apart, all that stuff is good, done. And they're, they're now discussing the flights, plane flights, changing on the plane flights. So all of a sudden, England makes a move. And then about the same time, uh, oh, 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 by the way, COVID passports, mandated vaccines and COVID passports are out as well. Work restrictions out, mask mandates out in England. So, uh, so anyway, the other thing that's going on is that Starbucks of all people. Now I, I quit doing business with Starbucks. Uh, it's been a couple of years now. Uh, one night I went in to start. Normally I don't go to Starbucks, but they were the only thing open. I go, I was, I don't know where I was late at night. I, I wanted a coffee and I went in, they allowed me in, but they said they wouldn't serve me coffee unless I would install a mask on my face. And, uh, so I told them I wasn't going to do that. And they said, well, sorry, can't serve you. And I said, don't feel sorry about it. You're employed here. You're doing what you're told. I'm good with that. And I won't be shopping here anymore. So, uh, now Starbucks, this, uh, this guy writes that Starbucks is one of the most radical of American companies. Uh, they, they, they're very out front with their beliefs. They don't, they don't, they wear them on their sleeves and, uh, it defined the term woke. They're, they're like, when you look up woke in the dictionary next to it, you see Starbucks. Now it's decided to go to the side of the employee and the community. No longer will it mandate mandate that it's young baristas take the jab to hold the job. Now, don't you think that's nice? And also General Electric, one of the biggest corporations in America, has has made the same decision. And uh, so uh, there's there's a breaking and a full kind of a uh, breaking down of these strict restrictions everywhere. Even though the Ubisoft Arts Councils are the premier Nazis on the fraud of COVID, and they're playing the game of uh, we're going to do this and you're going to comply or you're not going to enjoy anything about the Arts Council, even though your tax dollars are being forcibly taken from you and given to us. Now, that's the Ubisoft Arts Council. But Starbucks, Starbucks uh, has reversed uh, its policy that it announced just a month or two ago in a memo sent Tuesday to employees, the Sutter Seattle coffee giant uh, is responding to the ruling of the Supreme court. And that six, three ruling changed Starbucks mind. And uh, because they have more than a hundred workers, they had to comply with Biden's first mandate, Right. So they said, we respect the court's ruling and we'll comply. Now, I don't respect 
the other ruling. So I'll comply when I respect it. If it matches up with the Constitution, when it doesn't, I don't respect it. Starbucks reversal is among the most high-profile corporate actions in response to the Supreme Court uh, target. Some of these people haven't said a thing. But GE, they're also jumping on, on the, on the uh, bandwagon. Uh, let's see. Okay, I want to go on to this. Now, this is interesting. I, I emailed Sheriff of Yuba County, Wendell Anderson, and asked him a number of questions today regarding all this COVID stuff. But one of the questions had to do with the health of his, his deputies because now there's been three different deputies that have gone on Facebook. There's been Facebook campaigns where they raise money for people. And he's got two deputies at once, and it doesn't say what their problem is. It just says uh, if you want to help them. Now, they had a deputy earlier, uh, later last year, that uh, took the jab. And then right after the jab, he, his platelets crashed, and they were looking for help for him. So I know for a fact, because I'm close enough to law enforcement, that they're having a tough time finding anybody that wants to work in law enforcement. And they don't mandate the jab here in Yuba and Sutter counties. But a lot of the troops on their own uh, went out and decided to get the jab. Now, this week, this last week, I, I read uh, in on, on social media that one of the firefighters where I used to be the chaplain at Yuba City Fire, I was a chaplain there for more than two decades, and I don't remember one case of anybody having a severe health problem while they were working, <clears throat> you know, an, an attack of something or whatever, right? Some people had had cancer earlier in their life and, and different things, or they, 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 uh, you know, they sprung their knee or, you know, they blew out their knee and had to have an operation or they had to hurt their rotator cuff because of the work of being a firefighter. But this last week we had a heart attack. One of the guys had a heart attack and he's not an old guy. And I was just wondering, uh, if he took the jab because one of the, the side effects of the jab is myocarditis and people have heart attacks. And, uh, so I felt bad. So in one week there was one firefighter and two sheriff's deputies that were posted on Facebook all uh, drawing attention to their health issues, which I thought that's amazing because they're young people, you know, they're young. And um, so, so in, in uh, a light lining up with that, there's a movement among European law enforcement to resist the government and the COVID tyranny. And I thought, Oh, this is amazing because I've been waiting for it because a lot of them think it's just total baloney, but they've been sworn to defend and to do their job. But they, and they're, and a lot of them are wearing masks like in the jail because they're mandated to by the Gavin Newsom crazy ruining their health. But anyway, uh, after Aust Austria, that's in Europe, not Australia, Austria, now Spanish police, police officers declare resistance to COVID tyranny. It says, uh, so uh, it says this report is based on a tweeted video of a Spanish police officer speaking at a rally. It seems to be Sonia uh, Vascovacci and her activist police group that we have reported on before this article. And it's called uh, in Spanish, it's called Police for Liberty. And it says we, we're 
we've read enough from independent uh, minded cops and police organizations in France to know that they clearly recognize and resent being used to oppress the citizenry citizenry they were sworn to protect. Now, that's exactly what happened when we went down it early on in COVID in 2000, early 2020, <clears throat> or maybe late 19, and went down to the Capitol, and they arrested about 20 or 30 people. The California Highway Patrol did that, that protects the Capitol. And nobody was trying to get in the Capitol. They were just standing out on the lawn and holding signs and singing songs and doing different things, but nothing rude, nothing filthy, uh, nothing violent, and they arrested him. And those, those, uh, that, that's what they're talking about here. They were being used to oppress a citizenry that were that we are sworn to protect. And uh, so uh, it goes on to say that uh, uh, Mark Sexton, who I guess has done some writing on this, a former UK cop who is bringing a criminal action against the United Kingdom government ministers, officials, and top media bosses before the International Criminal Court with the help of Dr. Mike Yadon, Y-E-A-D-O-N. He's a former vice president of Pfizer Pharmaceutical and other high-profile people. There have been recent stories showing police in Romania marching with protesters as well as strong as well as stories of police and military dissatisfaction in Italy. Uh so it shows a photo of this woman. It's got www.policias. Uh, I don't think I can get it all spelled out. I don't think you'll write it down anyway. So anyway, uh, it says this, another article, Spanish police declare resistance to COVID tyranny and corruption. So it says here that uh, this is a statement by them. We promise to protect, and this is, of course, translated from Spanish. We promise to protect and serve the people, not the corrupt politicians. We feel very proud to be police, but real police, not hitmen for the government. It's amazing. Our association is in direct contact with members of security forces in Italy, Portugal, France, Austria, Switzerland, Sweden, Germany, and Holland. We're going to join together all of the police of Europe. We're going to stop this. The security forces and the armed forces are the key to all of this. We have to put ourselves on the side of the people and turn our backs on the corrupt governments. We have denounced the COVID passport here in Valencia, that's in Spain, with our association. We're going to demand responsibility from Senor Marlaska for the two states of emergency and for using the police and guardian or guardia civil to coerce the citizens. We don't support that. And uh, there's, there's, all, there's video clips and all that kind of, kind of stuff. Um, so that's what's going on, which is very, very encouraging that the police who have been used and abused during this and all kinds of law enforcement from sheriffs to police officers to California Highway Patrol, they have been used and abused in the state of California to oppress people and harass people uh, that were trying to exercise their constitutional rights. So uh, I wanted you to, to know about that. And um, so let me see. We just got a couple of minutes left, and I want to uh, 
I want to, oh, by the way, I wanted to mention, I, I mentioned uh, Private Membership Association, or PMA. <clears throat> if you'd like to hear what those are and how to, how to set one up for your business, there, there's an actual training going on right now tonight. It's probably over by now, but I couldn't go to it because I'm doing the webs. Uh, I'm doing this this show, recording it. But there's going to be a repeat of that training they did tonight um, on the 24th of January. That's Monday. So if you're interested in learning about private membership associations, now you could use this for all kinds of things for your church. You could use it for a business. You could use it for your club where where you're actually uh, separate yourself from the government and the government overrule or overreach that's been going on. So if you there's going to be a lecture or a talk about that at Church of Glad Tidings, uh, they're just going to repeat what they did tonight. And it's from five in the evening to eight thirty this coming Monday. That's the 24th. And I, there's no charge to attend. And uh, so it's 1179 Eager Road in Yuba City, north of Yuba City, between Yuba City and Live Oak, right off Highway 99, 1175, 1179 Eager Road. And <clears throat> when you drive in, there'll be signage, but it's in uh, what they call the Fellowship Hall in Building 200. But there'll be signage to direct you, so just park. It's the first building on the left as you drive in the, the driveway. So if you're interested in that, if you're if you wondered, you know, I had a hair salon and I shut down. It cost me a lot of money. I shut down for a year, a year and a half. I have this, I have that, I have a massage parlor, I have a, you know, nails, a place where we do nails. Whatever you have, this this may be able to help you. So it's a private membership association, PMA, and we have a lady there that's gonna be explaining all the benefits and how to how to get there how to start one okay so we're working on some things like that uh through the freedom coalition if you go to freedomco.net freedomco.net we're also building a database on freedomco.net of local farmers where you can buy locally grown uh, produce that is fresh that many times it's organic and uh, it's better for you. And so if there's any breakdown in the food supplies coming in on trucks because of all the things that are going on in our, in our country, we're trying to identify all the local food sources so we can support the farmers and they can support us. So that's it for this week. And we're going to um, we'll be back next week, Lord willing, at the same time. OK, thank you. For, thank you for listening. trees of green red roses too I see them bloom for me and you and I think to myself what a wonderful world I see skies of blue The bright blessed day and the dark sacred night And I think to myself, what a wonderful